Welcome everyone to Comics from the Multiverse episode 301. I am Peter and joining me as always is Matt. Not new, not different, same crew. Yes. 301. Well, you are wearing an Indiana Jones shirt, which does imply that you'd rather yeah. keep things very old school. <laughs> yeah. Then move forward. It's vintage. <laughs> oh yes, yeah. vintage, yes. <laughs> like... Like most comic fans, right? We fear change. <laughs> uh, and uh, one change I do not fear is Connor not being here, but that is not this week. So <laughs> That was too many negatives. I couldn't keep up. Uh, Just like you. Story of your life. <laughs> and also not, not being able to keep up. Like I feel there's a lot in that has, sentence there that really applied to Connor. Yeah. Has, has anybody done the mashup of Connor and the Negative Man? I don't think so. Not to my knowledge. Yeah. Hey, fan art. Guys, you can draw Connor in bandages, right? Wait, do, do you have to have, like, tufts of ginger hair sticking out of the bandages just to make sure that we know it's Connor? You, you, or no, so it's it's in the bandages, but his spirit self is just Connor. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, so I'm uh, disappointed at how little fan art we've got, now that you mention it. Yeah, I know, we should... <sighs> Maybe maybe our fan base is entirely made of thinkers and not uh, drawers. It's all the writers. We, that... ju- we, ju- we just don't have enough creatives. Yeah. yeah that, you know not... what? I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, send Tim some money. <laughs> <laughs> He's an artist. Let's let him go wild. I don't mm. think a commission counts as fan art. Why not? Tim, Tim's a fan. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's not. We asked him what his favorite moment of the show was, and he said the one episode that he was on. Yeah, that's uh, you know. He's a, he's a bigger fan of himself, though, let's yeah. be honest. And who, who isn't, right? Who's not a fan of him? That's just true. It's DC Comics Podcast. We get together <laughs> to talk about comics that we read this week. Coming up on this week's show, we've got Flashpoint Beyond Issue Zero. We have Superman Son of Kal-El Issue 10, Batgirls Issue 5, Batman Urban Legends Issue 14, Batman Catwoman Issue 11, Naomi Season 2 Issue 2, uh, The Sandman Universe, Nightmare Country issue one and connor's got a patreon book to look at as well uh, which will be the noctera issue seven so that's what's coming up yeah week two is a really weird hodgepodge of a week right now like i feel like it's mm-hmm. a, there's, there's a few things that only one of us are reading there's weird things going on uh but uh, we'll get into all the books in a little bit uh but the way the days have fallen this month it is actually solicits week so we have solicits on week two this week instead of week three so Brace yourself. Did not realize that, or else I would have looked at those <laughs> earlier. <laughs> I glanced at like a couple of bits, like the key headlines, but there might be some surprise in there. Who knows? I haven't this, looked at. Does it make sense why a lot of news came out this week? Yeah, yeah. I, I haven't looked at a single thing in the solicits, so we'll we'll get into. Obviously, there was a big bit of news earlier this week, which we'll just get to in the solicits when we hit that yeah. pick. But uh, yeah, of course, though there's always time for the Comixology Top 10, uh, which is thankfully back. This is, of course, looking at the Top 10 books um, on uh, Comixology, which is Amazon Comixology. The, the, the point is, it's the same thing as before. It's just they've finally presented the books in the order that they're currently Ooh. selling. Uh, so number one this week is not a DC book, unfortunately, although DC is a bit more well-represented in the Top 10. Uh, it's an X-Men book. It is an X-Men book. Oh, okay, it's X-Men 10. Uh, yeah, I don't know why X-Men books came out this week. It's X-Men 10. It's literally just X-Men. Uh, oh, okay. 
Look, there's, there's no subtitle or anything. It's just X Men. Uh, issue the 10. Objectiveless X Men. But it does have uh, uh, Laura on the cover, yeah, which is nice. Wolverine? Yep, yeah, yeah. She has the one yeah. true Wolverine. It's the only. Yes. Uh, if, if Wolverine is, is a short Canadian man with a penis, then he's, uh, that's not, that's Wolverine. not Wolverine. No. He is simply the prelude to Wolverine. I did not know that's where you were going. I thought you were going to say short Canadian man with claws. <laughs> so when you said the other word, was not ready. You can say penis spaz. That's not that bad a word. Yes, I know, but it's funny if I don't. Right? Like, it's... <laughs> Oof. Oh, dear. Um, but yeah, number two is a DC book, though. What do you think the best-selling DC book was this week, Matt? Um... Is, is, is it Batman Catwoman? It is not. No, it'll be, it'll be Superman Son of Kal-El, because Tom Taylor sells. It is not. It's not that either. <laughs> uh, is, is it something we read? Yes. Oh, please tell me it's not Flashpoint Beyond. Flashpoint, Flashpoint Beyond. Beyond, issue zero, is the number two book at the time of recording on Comics yeah. I hate the public. Yeah. <laughs> uh, number three is Batman Catwoman issue 11 number four is Superman Son of Kal-El so you know slots 2, 3 and 4 all ding, DC ding, ding. is nice to yeah. see uh, Darth Vader whatever issue that is <laughs> is number five but, Connor do you know what Crimson Rain is? is this the Crimson Dawn yeah story? So. yeah okay gotcha mm. I'm a bit behind so I'm not on it yet I'm on the I'm just finishing up War of the Bounty Hunters, and this kind of comes right after that. Gotcha. But yeah. Yep, number six is Eternals, issue 11. Heard a lot of good buzz for that book that people are like, it took one of the weirdest, you know, some people said worst Marvel concepts and it's turned it into the best book every month. Um, the movie hasn't, hasn't motivated me to check out these characters, so I'll take their word for it. I, I went and checked it out because it was Gillen and uh, yeah, of course. Rubik on art, so I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. yep, I'm gonna be that. Yep. Well, I doubt I'll ever read it. <laughs> I'm shocked. I doubt um, I'll ever try it, to be honest. I, I do have McKelvey's two issues of, of Captain Carter to read. Uh, mm. So, yeah. So, so I feel you, Connor. Wait, is that some sort of Peggy Becomes Captain America book? Yep, yep. yep. That's uh, based off of What If. So, uh, yeah. Very good. Uh, number seven, we're back to DC with Batman 89, issue five. So it's still doing relatively mm-hmm. well. Uh, and then we have X-Men 92, House of XCII. <laughs> what number is that? So what would that be? That's... Ten before... That... No, that's... Yeah, that's, that's ten it. before hundred, so that would be ninety... Ninety-two. Is that 92? X-Men okay. 92, House of 92. Wait, she's a hundred? I thought she was oh, fifth. No, she... that, that's the, uh, the animated series sequel that's why it's 92 right uh, but, yeah, well yeah obviously I, yeah yeah wait i thought c's 100 right i thought yeah. I, th- I thought c was 50 for century that's why it's century ah, yeah. c what's 50 and a then? centurion was 100 soldiers yeah hold on what's, what 50, what's 50 what's 50 c? then c uh, no it's uh no, l uh, is it not like a it's L because L. Uh, Super Bowl forty was. Super yeah, Bowl I thought XL. Matt would know that off the top of his head because he watches yeah. Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's L. <laughs> and because uh, last year was uh, Super Bowl Live, uh, and this was Super Bowl LV. 
Interesting. For some reason in my head it was just two Vs, and I was like, yeah. that, that doesn't seem right, but... No. Super Bowl LV. I can't wait till they get to Super Bowl LV 426. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> well, that's Alien vs. Predator. Whoever wins that one, we lose. <laughs> Yeah, that was an alien. If anyone doesn't get that's an alien yes. reference. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right, number nine is Wonder Woman A786, which of course is part of the Trial of the Amazons, which is why we didn't read it this week. Uh, and number yeah. 10 is Green Lantern issue 12. So a couple more DC books. So six DC books in the top 10 right now. Not bad. Not bad showing overall. Uh, looking just a little bit far down, number 12 is Batman Urban Legends, 14 is Batgirls. Uh, Sandman Nightmare Country is uh, 17. So, I mean, you know, DC sprinkled healthily throughout that top 20. Uh, well, so. There you go. That was the top 10. Um, no real surprises. Um, yeah. It is worth mentioning, uh, the Moon Knight Omnibus Volume 1, which is on sale there, mm-hmm. uh, is actually number 13. Because I was about to say, wait, a Moon Knight book so, in the teens? That's not doing that well and then i noticed it was the omnibus and not an issue one and thought oh it's 40 dollars that's why that's actually quite Mm -hmm. good that it's it's that high it it was presumably on sale last week yeah i I assume so but uh are you watching moon Knight? i'm at work (laughs) huh no what what part of the f-bombs are you unfamiliar with you ginger shite uh, yeah. the the part where I get asked stupid questions and I'm half asleep, but it just slips out clearly. I, I I saw you like something about the music. That's why I didn't know. Did I? If I thought you did, <laughs> must just make it up stories. <laughs> I'm not. I thought. Oh, it's yeah. Of course, Connor would like something about the music on the show. Um, I couldn't tell you anything about the music on that show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, maybe I've had mine do this before, where the Twitter algorithm just. Spits out randomness, um, but yeah. Does it huh, spit out tweets that never happen from people? Yeah, no, no, no. It was him liking a tweet about how they, you know, one of the producer's wives helps fix the music, and it's all like Egyptian artists and stuff. So ah, uh, okay. So he never actually said anything about it. No, no, no. He okay. just liked it. It's like Connor Ryan liked this. Uh, I don't even remember doing that, but yeah. maybe I did. Yeah. We can talk about your drinking, Connor. <laughs> you, you say that like it, like it's excessive. What, what a mystery. It, it sounds really bad because I'm picking this up now, but this is like my first drink in like a week, so uh, maybe like four days, but still. i got to find this tweet now. Uh, TV News came back last week, though, and he, he did get through several swigs of a bottle on the first episode. That, that was not my fault. That, that, was, <laughs> that, was, that was the news That was because of uh, Bloodlust, the TV show. Jesus, that would kill me. Yes, yes. Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. All I, right. No, those were not my fault. That was terrible news stories mm-hmm. hitting me. Let's get into the solicits. This is July solicits uh, for this year, obviously. Um, and we'll work through them. We'll see what's in there. Uh, obviously, there's were two juicy things to talk about that were announced separately, but we'll just get to them when we hit them in the solicits. Uh, we'll just go in the order they're on here on Newsarama. Uh, so, first up is Batman issue 125. Uh, of course, it's still Chip Zarsky uh, with art by Jorge Jimenez on here. You say uh, still. Is this not the first issue? Is it? I thought it was just I think, a start. I think it was announced early. Yeah. Um, I feel like this is the first. 125 is the first issue. 125 is. <clears throat> is it? Yeah, I'm just, because as he joins I, legendary artist Jorge Jimenez. I haven't gotten to the, the cover that I know the cover is for his first issue, which is why I'm doubting that you're right. 
There is like 10 covers though. So. Yes, but I'm not seeing the one that I know is the cover to his first issue. Unless he's on there and this is where the, the major stuff happens. Right. Is the one that you're him and is, is the cover you're thinking of the one where they showed us that new logo last week? Yeah. Yeah, that's no. like black and white right No, here. I'm not thinking of that one. No. Oh. Are <laughs> you sure you're there? thinking of the right cover? I'm positive. I'm positive. I'm positive there's a cover. Oh, there associated... it is right there. No, that's the new logo one. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if this is his first issue, it's his first issue. But I swear there was a... When they announced him on the book, when they first announced him, they showed a cover with that announcement that is not in this batch. Maybe they're going to use it later. I don't know. But it's not there. I'm going to find this. <laughs> <laughs> Are you confusing it with the night? No, I'm not confusing it with the damn thing. <laughs> <laughs> Any, anyway, it's a, it's a special big issue, but looks of it. Is it? I don't know. Is that just a normal size? Yeah, I mean, it is pages. 125. Yeah, that's his first issue. It's an extra dollar, um, yeah, because there is some more pages. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yes. Look, they've announced it so long ago that I just I feel like it's already been a thing, okay? Right? It's, uh... So, what did the cover look like that you're talking about, Pete? Do you remember? <laughs> I think it's a word picture. Yeah. I mean, I can, I can only... Did it have Batman on it? It did have Batman on it. Of That's course a good it had, start. Right. Did it have Robin? No. I don't think it was a Robin. Okay. Here's the thing. I'm not like... It's like I, I, it's not there, and I know if I see it, but I, I, I can't necessarily describe it either. <laughs> But we can we can move on. It's fine. There's, there's some nice covers there, though. Like I'm, I'm yeah, looking, I'm looking through these, and there's some pretty ones. I, I like the uh, the one, the blue capes, quite nice. It's always nice to see that look return. Uh, I like the one that the where the bats make the face. I think that's quite clever. Sure, that's not bad. Uh, there's the I think it's the main cover. I guess. Well, it may not be the main cover. I don't know. Uh, I mean, who knows which one it is? Do you uh, the red and black one? No, it's the, it's the one after that, where he's, Batman's jumping down and there's the bats like in the sky above him. I think the yeah. main cover is actually... I want to say it's the, the last one. Yeah, it's that one, the one with... It's got the new logo on at the top, and it's it's got the... Uh, th there's a black and white version as well. It's sure, like, the, okay. like Batman in purple with yeah. like Robin jumping out in front. Yeah. Well, I think it's just maybe purple lighting rather than... Yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't say he was like... You know, I want to say he's dressed in purple, but he's in purple. Aye. Which is strategical in the colouring part because the yellow of Robin's cape contrasts more with purple than it would with uh, the grey. So, it's presumably, why a very smart colourist <laughs> made that decision. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying that it was a smart strategical choice. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure that's the main cover because it's a wraparound. It, yeah, it probably is. Yeah, but what's the, what's the one that's got the logo on it? Usually, the one that has the logo on it is the main cover. Yeah. Especially since DC, at a certain point, stopped putting the logos on the variants. Also, I found an article from a month ago when they announced this, and mm -hmm. that's the yeah. cover they shared in that article, so I don't know what the hell Pete's going on about. There I don't either, because there was I, another looked one. Up, I looked at four different articles from February, and they all had the same one. So unless they're <laughs> gaslighting him, which is very possible. <laughs> They've all gone back and changed their articles uh -huh. just to screw with Pete. <laughs> it's, it's possible. But, I mean, it's also possible he just imagined it. Yep. Hold on, I'm going just, to... just want to admit he's wrong. 
<laughs> Are you looking it up as well now? Yeah. Do you know what? what? Articles can be changed. They can be updated. All right. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> all of them on mass change change their articles. DC put out a mandate. They wanted everything corrected to match their new art, and they said change your articles or we're never sending you a review copy ever again. So all of these <laughs> shells <laughs> and yeah. and money men all just changed it at a whim on behest of DC. How dare they? Uh, but yes. definitely o- obviously we're excited for Zarsky's run it's interesting we're getting a new team mm-hmm. on Detective and Batman the same month so it's kind of like a new era for Batman which is cool we'll get to Detective in a little bit of yep. course uh, but it feels, feels like a freshening, freshening up and after you know, Dark Crisis the, launching that's, that's nice it's kind of the, the, the post future state era I assume in a lot of ways yeah yeah, yeah I could put it that way I suppose yeah just in, in the sense that obviously we've had a couple of runs since Future State. Uh, well, not on Tech, mm-hmm. but on, on Batman we've had the, the, the Williams stuff as well. But it still felt like it's firmly in that Future State era. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but speaking of Detective Comics, Detective Comics 1062, the new team which was teased. I mean, they were, well, the, the team was announced, but we didn't know what book it was mm-hmm. at first. It was just it, like, and it was such a good team. I was like, it doesn't matter what book this yeah, is. Go no. through my yep. most anticipated book. So yeah, they, they said Ram V, Raphael Albuquerque. And it was like, oh, what is this? And then two days later, it's the new Detective Comics team. This is and what we're doing. Turns out there's a backup by Cy Spurrier and Danny. <laughs> yeah. It's like, my God, all so, cylinders on this book. This, um, this, I might have to start picking this back up physically because I've been reading tech for a very long time now, digitally. Um, but for, for Ram V and Albuquerque. Yeah, you know. I, I am sad that Tamaki's run is ending because I've really loved it. But mm-hmm. uh, it does always smooth things over when the new team's excellent. So it does. <laughs> I'm, I'm yeah. upset about so it. Fair, once you include the, the 12 issues of the tower like as, as part of the run, mm-hmm. and which I am. That as 12 issues and not three months. It's actually, a, you know, not a small run. No, no, it's a it's prob- in, small on the freeze- size, but probably just about, I'd say. So, yeah, yeah. In, in terms of monthly schedule, it's a couple of years worth, maybe yeah. two, two mm-hmm. and a half. So. And this frees up Tamaki to do something new too. Uh, you know. Yeah, and I hope it is something at DC. I would yep. love to see you run another book. Yeah, maybe there's something else in the solicits that we haven't got yeah. to yet. Oh, yeah. maybe. <laughs> slip in. But um, yeah. this this uh, are you going to go into what it's about, Pete? Real yeah, quick, yeah. So it's, yeah, okay. it's a completely new team. So I'll I'll read what this uh, solicit says. Uh, Gotham Nocturne Part One of Four Overture. It's a new era for the detective of the night as we introduce award-winning new team. Ram V, uh, Raphael Albuquerque. Um, Something is terribly wrong with Batman. No matter the tests, what Tess Bruce takes, nor the numbers he counts, the greatest detective in the world can't pin down the source of this creeping dread of his own inner demons and the looming mortality. Meanwhile, real demons roam the shadows as an ancient melody haunts the Gotham night. Here now, the curtains rise and the eerie tune streams in. Who is human? Who is demon? I keep saying Hugh. Hugh. Who is demon? <laughs> Who is human? Who is human? God damn it! Don't put who is human. Don't put who, who is human? and human in the same goddamn sentence, you bastards. Um, who is to tell? As Batman <laughs> investigates the songs and the demons of Gotham, he is forced to confront the oldest question: whether there has been a demon within him all along, and if so, what does it want, and why hasn't it taken over yet? Uh, what I'm getting from this is 
Ram V is not shying away from the horror influence that he seems to have in a lot of his work. Yeah, it's interesting because there's actually a new editor on this book for this month. Um, oh. Uh, Jess Chen, who has been the, the Batgirl editor since like the start of Rebirth. A lot of stuff at DC over the last few yeah, years. Yeah, she's. I'm probably. I want to say she's been editing even the main Bat book for a while. She not. I don't know about Batman. I can. I'm not so. I, I feel like she's had the title of Bat Family editor for a while, even if she wasn't editing specifically it's, it's the main two books. In uh, Wilgiaz, yeah. who did the Man Bat book. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I, I know. I know she's been doing Batgirl and Batgirls primarily. Um, but is. Yeah, moving on to being the, the tech editor here, which is how we've got a new team. So it'll be a completely new approach. Um, you know, they're they're using a gothic opera as the as the you know the the two word pitch as to you know just the tone of what it's going to be. Uh, and oh man, I'm I'm so into this. I figured you would be. Once I heard opera in Ram B, I go, oh, Connor's going to be all over this. Yeah. Right. And then and then Albuquerque, of course, who doesn't like Albuquerque's art. Uh, and then when I saw uh, Cy Spurrier and Danny on the back, it doesn't mention it there, but Matt, you mentioned they're doing a, a Gordon backup. Yeah, yep, that's the first. So Cy Spurrier said that the first uh, backup is going to be about Gordon and him coming back to Gotham, and basically the uh, what the backups are about is him investigating all these little weird things in Gotham. Mm. So. Yeah, that which after Danny, after after you know, um, the Arkham book, right? That feels right, right in line. But do you know what I? Uh, so, so there's nice covers here as well. Uh, there's a Behermo one, which obviously you know what Behermo looks like. It's it's typical yeah. Behermo. But I actually I really like it because it's Batman in the daylight. Like so, it's a typical Batman, like you know, crouching on a rooftop. Uh, but it's in the daylight. And the salt is I like how subtle it is, but you get, there's actually like a bunch of bats making the bat symbol against the sun. Um, mm-hmm. Not unlike say the opening of Batman Begins, but I like that it's not like super in your face. It's just it's just subtle enough that it just doesn't feel like it's overbearing. Yeah, no, so, it's great. All, all, all the covers are great. So you got the the main one, which is actually the first cover on on mm-hmm. uh, Newsarama. Um, you've got the kind of the tarot card one. Yep. The hangman. Yeah, and then the the opera, like the um playbill. Yeah, yes, thank you. The, yeah. the, they hand out like oh, it's so good. This looks like a Batman opera that would be called like Deflator Mouse. You know, something yeah. like that. Even like on that where the, the ridiculously ornate half bat mm-hmm. mask and then the, the yeah. devil horn, like for the demon stuff on the other mm-hmm. side. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we got new teams on Batman and Detective, and I've loved the current Detectives team, and I did really enjoy Tynan's Batman, and but it was just, was a little bit more up and down, but that was a pretty short run. Obviously, just doing his little crossover just now, uh, before we get to this stuff in July. But um, yeah. So yeah, new, big the two main Bat books both getting a fresh new set of teams, um, and. You know, Zarsky and Ram V are not <laughs> are not writers that I am upset about taking over those books by any means. Not at all. It, it really feels like Ram V's rising up the ranks. You know, he's been kind of like inching his way up over the last couple of years. And uh, you know what he feels like to me, and this is going to sound like I'm just naming people I'm a fan of, but it's a very similar trajectory to what Tynan had. In that, mm-hmm. you know, started on like a few little Tynan did, you know, uh, backups. Ram V started on like some anthology books. 
And then they get like, okay, some sp- side smaller books, some you know, little minis here, like down, like down, like talent and stuff. And then, oh, oh, we're going to give you detective after a, you know, you, you've you've showed yourself you can handle a few things. Here's detective now. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's cool. Um, so moving on, Flashpoint Beyond issue three. Not much to say, I don't think. Very confused about that. I thought Flashpoint Beyond was twice a month, and we were already. Yeah, we said that last solicits as well. Yes, and last solicits was issues four. Was issue five. That's why I'm confused. Like, I don't know if there's some weird resoliciting going on here, and they've changed the schedule, or yeah, it's probably what it issue is. Six. All I know is there's a variant cover with uh, Ivy, so that's cool. Yeah. yeah. Did we actually get solicits for like three issues last time? I don't remember if we did. I just I just checked. DC June solicits was Flashpoint Beyond issue five. So maybe they messed that one up. Maybe. Yeah, yeah but I remember having this exact same like exchange. Like, why is it only one? It was supposed to be every other week. Yeah, no, I, I remember that as well. Now that you mention it, but I, I'm even more confused by the number of this issue. Um. I'm not going to worry about it. I'll just see what issues coming out when I'm checking what's out next week, and just go from there. Um, it seems a bit wonky. Maybe they were being too ambitious with their uh, every other week scheduling. Uh, Dark Crisis issue two. Obviously, this is the big event coming in the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, Titan's Tower looks to be on fire. That is the well, thing that's the house of Nightwing burns allegedly. See, see you later, Titans Academy. <laughs> <laughs> that's what that tells me. Yeah. So. There you go. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. There's there's something very poetic about Slade and Nightwing, right? Going to war in an uh, event, you know, just all, all the way back to the Judas contract. Yeah, stuff. there's actually there's obviously there's a few covers there. One of them is the tower burning again, but Deathstroke's on his knees in front of it, dude, and he's like, "No." Kinda he's got a uh, like a, a Razagul cape on with the with the big collar. Mm. Yeah, it's not, it's not green, but it's. Stylistic no, but he, he's definitely wearing a collar akin to Disco Nightwing. <clears throat> mm. There's actually a couple of preview pages here as well. It's like a two-page spread of uh, Nightwing and Destro fighting. Yeah. It, it looks very pretty because Sam here, but oh man, mm-hmm. I could not be less excited for this book. I'm going to read the shit out of it. <laughs> it might be terrible. Hey, right now, it might have a, I might have event fatigue two, two pages into Dark Crisis 1, but uh, I'm still going to read it. Well, those are two extreme ends of the spectrum. <laughs> yeah. uh, yeah. the guy that's seen every fast movie in the theater, Connor. Are you surprised? Honestly, not at all. Yeah. See. <laughs> well, everyone but Tokyo Drift, because I was like, no one's in this. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the asterisks start coming out now. Yep. Uh, next up, we got Dark Crisis: World Without a Justice League Superman issue one. It's a really mm-hmm. complicated title, but. Uh, this is a one-shot tie-in uh, by Tom mm-hmm. King, writing and uh, art by Chris Burnham. So I'm sure it's a one-shot and not like a couple of issue mini. Doesn't say of. It, it doesn't say either way. Yeah. No. Um. Admittedly, hey, yeah. This... It normally would say one-shot as well. Admittedly, but I'm I'm going to err on the side of one-shot. Uh, That's fair. Yeah. Mainly because the title sounds like a one-shot. Mm, that's true. It sounds like Worlds Without a Justice League, and then there'll be a series of, you know, Superman, Wonder Woman. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and, I mean, maybe they'll all be Tom King, maybe it'll feel like a series, but I suspect it may just be different teams and 
I'll, I'll be willing to bet it's all just random. Yeah, throw them together. Uh, well, because well, there's a main story, and then it looks like there's a backup too. So... Yeah, there's a backup by Brandon Thomas and yeah. Chuck Brown. Yeah, yeah. And uh, art by Fico Oseo. Yeah, there was a really nice cover though with uh, Superman flying with uh, Robin, which is yeah. interesting visual. <laughs> it's okay. I was just laughing at Matt looking over the side like he heard some sort of. No, I did. I don't know if it's a smoke detector. If it's gonna be a problem, we might have to pause. But we'll we'll uh, see. Uh, Dark Crisis: Young Justice issue two. This is the tie-in miniseries. This is issue two of six here. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the Megan Fritz Martin written with Laura Braga art. So, um, I'm not super pumped for this still, but uh, I'm curious to at least check it out once the event's going and seeing what it actually adds to it. But uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I've got a feeling it's not going to be that great. But yeah, mainly because none of the creative team are like filling me with hope. Or... I like Laura Braga a lot. Oh sure, sure, but you know, I. <laughs> Right inside, not as exciting. That's fair. Uh, the Flash 784. Dark Crisis tie-in. Yep, yep, uh, which makes sense. You got Pariah on the on the cover. Uh, mm-hmm. I guess this, this is the, the one main book, though, that it makes sense to tie into it, just because we're dealing with uh, Barry. Because, yeah, this is about looking yeah, for Barry. Where where Barry's yeah. at. Yeah. So, makes a decent amount of sense, at least. Uh, then we have Black Adam, The Justice Society Fails, Hawkman, Issue 1. That is a mouthful. It was with these this is colons. clearly a movie tie-in, and if that wasn't clear, yes. I mean, if it, well, no, let me, let me rephrase that. Tie-in implies connected to movie. That's not fair, but more cash-in on the fact that there's a movie coming out. If that wasn't clear, one glance at the cover will tell you what you need oh, to Oh, yeah, know. it looks like The yeah. Rock. Uh, there's Dwayne. The only interesting thing about this is that the co-writer is Brian Q. Miller, who I have not seen yeah. in a comic book in quite some time. Hey, and I, I like Kevin Scott. We went over this, I think, last week. Yep. But Brian Q. Miller uh, wrote an excellent run on Batgirl, starring Stephanie Brown, back in 2009 to 2011. So, mm-hmm. um, I wouldn't say I'm particularly excited about this, but if this is his foot in the door to writing DC Comics again, then by all means, get him on a book. Hey, he wrote that Smallville season 11 for years. Yeah. Get him on a book that I care about. <laughs> it's also got art by Scott Eaton, Marco Santucci, and Norm Ratman, which is not bad. Yeah, yeah so these, are all... these are all pretty, you know, middle tier names at DC yeah. that, you know, uh, you, you're used to seeing. They're not just, oh, we'll throw anyone on our tie in mm. book. Yeah, it's a 48 page book, so I, I assume it's going to be a couple, of two or three shorter stories rather than one big hey, one. I would assume so, yeah. yeah. Uh, but there you go. So that's that's that. Uh, then we got Artemis Wanted issue one. This is a one shot by Vita Ilya and art by Skylar Partridge. Uh, Forty eight pages, six dollars. Um, yeah. After the trial of the Amazons event, so it's you know it's a sort of a kind of an epilogue style one shot to that, but just about Artemis. Yep, and her big axe, mm-hmm. yeah. big glowing axe. So given that she um. Or given that we aren't reading the event, I, I don't imagine we'll read this. Uh, almost certainly not. Try to get through that without being distracted with Matt. <laughs> he's currently mouthing things to his wife about the smoke alarm. He's playing up. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, next up, DC Mech issue one. Uh, this is Kerry Porter with art by 
Baldmir Reavers. Uh, I have no idea what this is. This is a new miniseries, six issues. Oh, we, we spoke about this a few weeks ago. Did we? This was the this this was this month's uh, just uh, like Jurassic Park yeah. league. Oh um, yeah, where was it? It's Justice League, but they're, yeah. they're in Max. They kind of miss me with this one. They all like Jaegers from a uh, Pacific Rim yeah. more than anything. Uh, well, it's because they're I mean, mechs. That's because they're mechs. Yeah, <laughs> like Gundams. Yeah, it, it, it's almost as if that that film was inspired by anime. I stand by my statement. There was no <laughs> reason for all those responses. Um, they look like Jaegers. Well, Jaegers are mechs. And that's all he was trying to tell you. Yes, but I don't care about anime, so that's my point of reference. Yeah, th- this one doesn't seem like it's for me. Um, Connor, let me know how it is. <laughs> yeah, this, lo- this looks exactly like my sort of shit. Uh, Although I get to that last cover, and it's uh, one of them is punching another one, and it does look kind of my shit. It's giant robots punching each other. How is yeah. that not everyone's shit? True. Uh, look at look at Superman standing on the shoulder. Yeah. I appreciate uh, the Flashy's like head looking kind of Robocop esque. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you know, so that's neat. Um, I mean, this could maybe terrible. I, it's really hard to. <laughs> I mean, it could be. I'm not gonna say it's gonna be. I mean, the giant dark side's a cool look. I mean, it looks like he has Warworld engines uh, yeah. on him, right? Like, so that looks pretty cool. Mm. Um, but yeah, so that's the thing. Uh, then we got Young Justice Targets issue one. This is uh, one of six new miniseries starting. Greg mm-hmm. Wiseman writing, Christopher Jones on the art. This is the one we spoke about last week, which is the yep. Young Justice TV show tie-in. I'll take your word for it. I don't remember talking about that at all, but I'll take your word for it. No, we, we definitely did. I'm not denying it. I'm just... I don't remember it. So, uh, there you go. Uh, you can tell by the cover, though, that it's tied to the show, though, because it, it, you know, it's intentionally looking yeah. like the characters from the show. Um, there we got Superman's Space Age, issue one. This is the Mark Russell and Mike Allred book that we've spoken about. Uh, this is three yeah. prestige 80-page issues in the style of, uh, you know, uh, Harleen or uh, Superman smashes the clan. Imposter. Imp- Batman imposter. I wasn't thinking Superman smashes the clan. Although was that eventually a dark uh, black label? Uh, because I was trying to compare it to the black label. So? I don't, I don't it, know. Actually. Smashes the clan was originally out on their kids one. Whatever. It was yeah. originally a kids like YA graphic yeah. novel, but then they put it out as yeah. like three. I think it was eighty pages. Yeah, yeah, but I don't think that was yeah. actually Blackley, which is why I never thought of that one. I was no, thinking it's no. just the other books like yeah. this. I mean, I don't think this um, doesn't say Black Label, but it's reminded me of one, Black Label more than anything else. Yeah, one one dark night, things like that. Um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that this might be very intentionally not Black Label because they want to sell it to y'all ages. I was but... gonna say, yeah, this is not. By the way, I think this is longer than most of those. Those prestige issues that we're talking about tend to be about 60, 65 pages. This is 80. So, seems a little bit longer than some of those. Yeah, this looks like exactly my kind of thing. I'm yeah, so in. That first, that first cover right there. It's got like the, the life aspects of Superman. Yeah, just in all the, the pe- mm-hmm. pencil sketches. Yep. It's kind of great, yeah. I like the one where he's in space. Oh, well, then this too. is the book for you. Oh, it's been the cover. I like the cover that he's in space. Yeah, I know. I'm just I'm just about to say he's probably going to be in space a lot. The the third cover looks like a very pulpy, like this almost could be a, a cover for Action Comics right now. 
you know? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So. so. Yeah, so it seems, it seems like an interesting book. Uh, I'm curious to check it out. It's definitely more interesting to me than, like, I'll be honest, most of the miniseries that we've, we've stumbled into so far have all been varying degrees of, oh, this is random as hell. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> this, well, still relatively random, feels a bit more prestigious, and not just because it's in the prestige format. I mean, most of them up until this one have been tie-ins to either Dark Crisis or there's the the Trial of the Amazons mm-hmm. spin out one. Uh, the the only kind of really random one so far has been DC Mech, right? And the Young Justice yeah. one, it's tie into TV show. I mean, sure, but yeah, again, also still tying into something else. Yeah, or tied into a movie, or tying it like you know, like yeah. That's what I mean by random. I don't necessarily mean it's not tying to something. Uh, point is, is that none of them are that exciting. Uh, it's, it's, it's just weird to go through like, oh, here's six issue ones in a row, but all of them just feel kind of, oh, it's just another weird mini series that, that, that I'm not really that interested in. Whereas this one actually feels, like, oh no, this is a big creative team. Uh, they're treating it like a big deal. Uh, it feels high concept. So, mm. uh, next up, Batman Whitey presents Red Hood issue one. This is a two issue mini in the the White Knight universe. Oh. So, uh, issue one of two. There you go. Not much to add, really. Mm-hmm. Um, although I suppose I should mention that uh, Murphy is co-writing with Clay McCormick. Mm-hmm. So, an art by Simone de Mayo. Yeah. Uh, and then speaking of White Knight, they've got Curse of the White Knight Deluxe Edition coming out as mm. well. Uh, they've solicited that here. So, cool. Uh, Batman Superman World's Finest Issue 5. This is the Mark Wade Dan Moore book. Uh, so, yeah. Nice cover. Yep. I, I like it. Yeah. Nice and old school. Um, oh, I like that variant too, actually. Superman with the heat vision, Batman's in the background. Mm-hmm. It's sort of the painted cover. It's a Matina cover, right? It's Matina esque. I don't know if it actually is Matina. It is, uh, it is Matina. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Sometimes, sometimes you get like a, an artist just similar. Because there is, there's at least one similar artist that every so often I mistake for Matina. Oh, uh, I know the one you're on about, yeah. But uh, mm-hmm. DC versus Vampires All Out War, issue one of six. Mm-hmm. But this is uh, Matthew Rosenberg and Alex uh, Pacnadal with art by. Pascal Colano. Uh, mm-hmm. So let's read what this is, actually. Uh, one of the last secret underground human cities is facing total annihilation, and its leader, John Constantine, must plan a suicide mission to assassinate a key lieutenant in the Vampire Empire. Against unreal odds, and with an unlikely team, including Booster Gold, Deathstroke, and Mary Marvel, does the Hellblazer have one more trick up his sleeve? A gritty, violent, monochromatic companion series Ooh. to DC va- vs. Vampires, uh, which is a brutal story. And so, you know, do what I think is interesting about this is that clearly DC vs. Vampires is doing well enough because not only have they greenlit a couple of one-shots, they've now greenlit a six-issue tie-in miniseries mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. It's also interesting to me to see uh, Alex uh, Packnell's name attached to this because he is another member of uh, the White Noise studio, which is uh, Ram V, Dan Waters, Pacnadal, and there's uh, O'Sullivan as well. So I think this will be the third one now working at DC. Ramby opened the door, held it open, let all the Pretty much in. Like, hey guys, hey guys, come on, get in. <laughs> it's just uh, funny to me. because Waters has been pretty good so far. Yeah. So Sure. Uh, I think what's funny to me about this is just the idea that this 12-issue book, which was 
kind of just an anomaly that Tyden mm-hmm. kind of drew up because he had nothing else to do, and then things changed. Then Rosenberg came along and decided to script it, or, or was given it to script. But and now Rosenberg's coming up with the ideas for this one, presumably. Yeah, but now it's like expanding beyond, and it's, it was one thing where it was just here's an extra one shot, just to sort of like. Maybe... And then there was a second one shot. Yeah. And there's a six issue minute, and it's like, oh wait, this is going to end up being just as long spanning as deceased now, by the sounds of it. But it's, you know, because it wouldn't surprise me if there's another couple of minis or one shots added onto this. I mean, I think this will have more issues than deceased, right? Because deceased was, if you if you look at the page count, it was essentially three six issue minis, right? Oh, just three. Because also unkillables. Oh, I, f- I forgot that we haven't got we have uh, there's a third disease coming. There's a, there's a third disease coming, yeah. Yeah, that's why I was forgetting. I was thinking yeah. of the, the the two that we'd had plus Unkillables is kind of like eighteen issues. So forget the digital series for now. You're looking at twenty four issues of normal mm-hmm. page count worth. Yeah, and this is going to be twenty oh. odd. Uh, I don't know. Twelve, six, and two one shots. So oh, assuming yeah. the one shots are normal sized. Alright, so eighteen. That's twenty. 12, 6, and 2 one-shots. How is that not 20? Okay, yes, that's 20. <laughs> I for, I, I'll be honest, I thought the main series was 10. <laughs> You're the one who just said it was 12. Yes, but then I reverted to thinking it was 10. <laughs> oh, God. Mainly, I just wanted to accuse you of saying 20-odd when it was under 20, when 20-odd is 20... And a little bit extra. We've been over this before, not getting into it. But the point was, 20. If it's just under 20, you can say 20-ish. Or about 20. But 20 interchangeable. Odd, but 20 odd is like 21 or 22. Matt, do you want to weigh in on this vital debate? No, but I like the way that Adriel looks on the cover. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Adriel, Bane, Deathstroke, Booster, Dead Man, Mary Mar- There's like... Whoever put this team together was like, we're going to get him to read this. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, we were going to try it anyway. I mean, we're enjoying yeah, I know, but like, Vampires enough. I haven't I read the last like... issue of it yet, but I saw Matt's tweet about yeah. it, and, I, and, and I've been putting it off ever since. Uh, Matt, I quite like the issue. Don't let that tweet trick you. Yeah, don't let that tweet um, go. It's just minor quibbles. I also had a, a brief discussion with Matt Rosenberg uh, about stuff, and I was able to defend my point. And I got likes from him, but no response, meaning um, I think I stumbled across something. It's a very one-sided discussion, isn't it? <laughs> yes. And and again, I wasn't trying to be, sh- uh, you know, shitty or anything. It was just, a, you know, we haven't seen how vampirism affects the, the Kryptonians because we don't know if it's biological or magical. And, and I told uh, you he, this was definitely going to come up in the book. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I said that because I, I, I quote tweeted him and said, you know, something's my main sticking point with the book right now. And that's what's driving me insane. And he kind of, you know, flippantly was like, oh, so the thing that we haven't explained yet is driving you insane. Huh? And I was like, well, no, not that. And then when I went into it, a biological versus magical, I feel like I struck a nerve and he can't say anything. Right. Yeah, which probably so, means there's plans, but you can't talk about them yet. Exactly. So, but no, Rosenberg's quickly becoming one of my favorites just because of how he conducts himself on Twitter. The last issue was very good, honestly, Carl. It was so, a very interesting I, I, I will read it. I'm not, like, falling behind. I, yeah, I, I, haven't, I haven't read the last issue of Swamp Thing yet, either, because it was just, yeah. that was on a week where I wasn't here, and I haven't caught up with my Get, books get on that one. Yeah, that, yeah, was, no. that was also Cle- very good. Clearly, I'm excited to read that at some okay. point. I'm, I'm definitely not skipping Swamp Thing. Yeah. 
So, yeah. but, uh, but but no. Anyways, this, speaking this of, yeah, speaking of uh, possible cover artists that I mistake Matina for, the second cover on this is Matina esque, but it's not Matina. Hmm. <laughs> okay, that's what you're on about. It's Kale Nigu. New. New. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Um. But Wait, yeah. there's a Stoko cover. Scary. Is the Stoko cover there? Oh, there it is. Oh, yeah, I see it. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, All Out War, so there's a DC versus Vampires uh, Sex Extreme Mini, which I assume is just running alongside the main book, because I'll still be going. Well, we'll find out later, won't we, if it's yeah. still being solicited mm-hmm. or if it's on a break. Uh, I'd be surprised if it were on a six-month break, though. It's one thing it being off for a month or two while this starts, but I don't see it. It might alternate months. months. Uh, Multiversity Teen Justice issue two. I forgot this existed. So did I. <laughs> okay, that's, that's all right then. I don't feel too bad about it. There's so many weird minis right now that I don't. I just don't remember them existing. It's and it's it's yeah. a shame that a lot of them aren't appealing to me. Yeah, yeah, that's the bigger problem is that a lot of them just aren't striking much uh, interest. Uh, we got Batman versus Robin Road to War. We're just collections now. We're not double. Oh, the, 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 the promotional collections. Aye, we're, not, aye, we're not just at collections, though. That implies no, we're I, done. I just wanted to specify <laughs> this was a collection, not yes. just. I, I was just about to say what it was. Well, Why must I jump in? Like, I barely finished <sighs> reading the title, and he has to interject with information about what I'm obviously about to say. Continue. If you keep arguing, I'm going to fix my smoke detector. And you guys carry on, I'll come back. You know. <laughs> or we can just get through solicits and then I can do it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, it's a collection. That's it. That's all. Even though it's, there's a lot of writers in this, actually. What is this? Teen Titans, Teen Titans Annual, Detective Comics, two-part backup. It's basically where Batman and Robin had you know a falling out and now they're putting it back together for shadow war that um two-part backup that it says that sets the stage for the new chapter of life in demi and that was what led into robin right yes uh, i think so yeah was that not collected in robin? maybe i think maybe. it was yeah yeah it, it should have been because that was basically zero yeah it was yeah. no it was because the trade ended at issue four so yeah it had this those two weird then. This, this is is this for people who are enjoying Robin and are like, what the hell is going on with Robin right now? Mm-hmm. Oh, here you go. Yeah, this is basically the end of that Teen Titans book, uh, and like the the two Detective Comics issues leading into like Robin and the backup. Yep. Like that, that's what this is. This, this is a weird yeah. collection. So I actually, it really took me a second to realize what the hell this was because I you know I saw Williamson, Tomasi, and Robbie Thompson all listed in the writers, and I'm like, what is this? Um. Yeah. But yeah, that's, that's what it is. So, Constantine, Distorted Illusions. This is one of your, your graphic novels. It's another Cami Garcia one. Yeah, Cami Garcia and Isaac Goodhart uh, on the art. Uh, with the very uh, young CWS Constantine <laughs> on the cover. This, you know how, um, if you watch the TV news that we do, we talked about uh, the Aqualad one is getting adapted for mm-hmm. HBO Max. This is ripe for a CW adaptation already. It does, yeah. Well, it involves him joining a punk band, so uh, that's well, pretty I mean, cool. That is Constantine's past. Mm. Oh, it is. Yeah, that, that's legit. M- Mucus wow. membrane. Yeah, that's 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 his band. Okay. 
Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> uh, I'm not. I'm not surprised. I don't think you're the market for this book. No. To be fair, though. No, that's fair. Uh, dead man. Dead man. Dead man tells the spooky tales. That's a good title. <laughs> I appreciate that tale. It's not a graphic novel. Uh, mm-hmm. Written by Franco. Just one word. I'm not familiar with this Franco. Me neither. But uh, mm. cool. Uh, a lot of artists though, uh, but it says spooky tales, so I assume it's, it's you know it's one writer, but it's an anthology style book with all these different artists taking a story each, which is a neat idea. I appreciate the yeah. pulpiness of the cover, the particularly the. Uh, I mean, I'm not a big fan of the art style per se, but I like what it's going for, and I like the font of the title, the, you know, the sort of the goo yeah. dripping title. Why don't we? Why don't we have like a specter or dead man book that's like tales from the crypt? You know, because apparently that won't sell. Yeah, I, I don't know. They should, they should do it. And, and yeah, basically, them. All, all of the writers at DC who like to write horror books, just, just rotate mm-hmm. it through them. Like, give, give, you know, Ram V an issue one month, give mm-hmm. Tiny an issue one month. I'm sure yeah. they'll have fun with just little short stories they can do in one issue. Mm-hmm. Kind of like the, uh, like, Batman Black and White, like those yeah. color anthologies that we've got, but, yeah, like, yeah. for, for the, the horror side of DC Universe. There you go. Uh, the Batman One Dark Knight collection, uh, solicited here. Obviously, we're still waiting on issue three. We just had issue two, but uh, uh, this is the hardcover, uh, which is coming out in September, which seems like a reasonable enough time to get issue three out. <laughs> it's pretty normal, yeah. Uh, so that's cool. Uh, I Am Batman Volume 1. Of course, that's the John Ridley, uh, the new uh, Jace Batman book uh, being collected. Mm-hmm. And then we got Robin... And Batman, this is a Jeff Lemire book that uh, finished recently, three issues, uh, was pretty good. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah, cool. Enjoyable. Uh, we got Harley Quinn, the animated series, volume one, the Bang, Eat King, sorry, the Eat Bang Kill Tour. Um, so that's collected, yeah, so. Uh, and then Harley Quinn, 30 years of The Maid of Mischief, the deluxe edition. Oh, that collects some random bullshit. Yes, yeah, it does. That's a lot of single issues it's collecting. Because you know, hey, you've got two issues of Gotham City Sirens. Do you, you get? Because you know, when you get to solicits, or and you get to, you look at the end of the solicitation, and it'll say, you know, Detective nine eight two to uh, nine eight nine plus maybe like Batman issue seventy two because it like is relevant. Mm-hmm. This is just a list of lots of one issues. <laughs> yeah, if you thought that um, that Robin book was a mess of collections, yeah, this time they even bother listing everyone involved. It's just it's just various. Written oh, by yeah. various, up by various. It's cool. Oh, because because it would, it would have literally been a different creator team for every single issue. Yeah, <laughs> barring the two Gotham City Sirens issues, which I assume are the same. Oh, <laughs> but, I would assume so. Yeah. Oh uh, dear. Uh, so yeah, one of those random collections that I I would never like want. Um, it's weird. Uh, Wonder Girl Homecoming. Uh, Joelle Jones. So this is collecting. Um, issue 187, it has the two Future State issues, and it has the Trial of the Amazons two-issue tie-in, which is a bit weird, because I was under the impression that was, like, parts, you know, five and eight of the story. It is. <laughs> so that's yeah. that's a weird choice, but... It's also interesting that they're throwing an Infinite Frontier Zero in there. and Maybe it's it, just... it says that, so that's a, that usually means the whole issue, rather than sections. It usually does, but... It wouldn't surprise me if that's a slight typo or mistake, and it's actually just the part that's relevant to her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was gonna say otherwise. That's that's a lot of because that wasn't a short issue; that was a pretty oversized issue. Yeah, uh, yeah. But I appreciate though that the two future state issues and her entire seven issue book are in one trade. I think that's important for that to exist like that. Yeah. yeah. So 
That's fair. It's a shame that I, I went downhill and I wasn't really into it by the end. I didn't even read issue 7 because I just didn't care anymore. But yeah. uh, at least on a collecting standpoint, I appreciate that. Uh, Wonder Woman Black and Gold, obviously the collection of those Black and Gold anthology issues. Uh, mm-hmm. Not much to say. Uh, it's a really nice cover though. I like I like the uh, the yellow or the gold popping on the black yeah, and white that cover. Is, uh, uh, that's Bartel. And if you yeah. if you like how that looks, the, the the gold popping, that might be the book for you because that's mm-hmm. kind of the the aesthetic of the whole book. Yeah. So, uh, but back out of the proper single issues then. Action Comics one thousand forty five, uh, our Action Comics run of of dreams is continuing. Interestingly, continues. you know, uh, the conclusion nears. It says. Mm. Yeah, um, I will say that second cover, I did not like that much. Superman's yep. face looks weird. Mm. Yep. Not for me, that's the... I, pref- I mean, it's it's fine. There's, there's, uh, there's a great regular cover. Oh, sure, but uh, uh, don't like it. He's standing in profile, and it still looks kind of weird. Um, but, uh, cool. It looks like a, a statue of Caesar. Mm. Like, down at Caesar's Palace. We got Aquaman, the Flash, Void Song issue two. Says the Jackson Lansing, Colin Kelly, with mm-hmm. art by Vasco Georgiev. So that's issue two of three. Gorgiev. Or Gorgiev, sorry. Uh, yeah. But this is a. Uh, these are like three oversized issues. Not quite the, uh, you know, the eighty pages, but uh, fifty-six yeah. pages each. So uh, interesting. They're trying that with some of these otherwise, because th- this feels like it would just be a regular six-issue mini. They've just decided to package it into three mm-hmm. bigger chapters. Uh, it was so. It's just Do you know, I the cynic in me suggests it's, and and there'll be a little bit more on this on one of the books later, assuming that that it came true with what was rumored. I haven't actually checked yet, um, but I wonder if this is kind of a way of manipulating the orders. Because okay, you you've got to order. You only got to order three issues. Uh, you know, you're you're more likely to stay invested over three issues, even if they are more expensive. There's presumably lesser. You know, a lower drop-off rate. That's probably true, just because, you know, the longer a book goes on, the more people drop off. So if you do it in three instead of six, it's easier to get, you know, get to that end point with more people keeping the book. Also, and this is even more cynical, perhaps, is that it means they have to order the final issue of the series before they've sold any of the first issue. <laughs> yeah, that's I mean, kind of messed. But there were initial orders, but the final order cut-off's usually about a month before, yeah. so they'll have, they'll have definitely sold the first issue. And possibly the second, or the second will be like just coming out around the time they'll be putting mm. in final order for the for the third. Still, though, it does. Uh, and I, I'm not saying it's a terrible idea. Like if we end up with if if, if all six issue minis become three issue minis that are all double sized issues, that's not the worst thing in the world. Like, yeah, it makes it um, a little bit more of a gamble to try the first issue because it is more expensive, and it's it's more of a commitment just in terms of reading time. Sometimes that can put me off. Like where I'm, if I if if there's a if there's a twenty page book that I'm like not super hot on, but I'm like yeah, I mean maybe I'll give it a try. It's twenty pages, but then you tell me oh there's there's fifty pages of this book that I've like. Eh. If you're just looking at one book, that's a fair point. But I think if you're looking at a sort of macro level, if they're all switching to this format, then theoretically mm-hmm. they'll they'll be evened out so that you you know you'll be getting the same amount of pages per week, give or take, if all yeah. the minis switch to this format. 
Uh, that said, though, sometimes they'll put them all out in the one week and then there'll be three weeks of nothing because they've done yes, that twice before. Dickheads. <laughs> but in theory, <laughs> it should be yeah. okay. Uh, Aquaman Andromeda issue two. Ram V! Uh, with Christian Morris as the, uh, the Prestige Plus book that... Uh, yeah. So, I mean, uh, these Prestige books, 48 pages, 60 pages. 80 pages was big for this Prestige books. So I was right. Fine, you were right. Have a cookie. I would love a cookie. I mean, I have to get vegan cookies, and they're a bit mediocre. Maybe they'll be nice and replace the milk with uh, some anthrax. Yeah. <laughs> That's not where I thought that sentence was going. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd prefer the anthrax to whatever Matt was thinking. <laughs> I just thought maybe whatever, you know, lactose alternative. <laughs> Pete was being nice. No. Oh yeah, you thought Pete was being nice. Yeah. He's been a little bitch today. Okay, he's getting. Besides, people told me last week to keep picking on him. It's their favorite part of the show. It's fine. It was two weeks ago they told you that. Uh, it was last week. No, they told you before the show last week. <laughs> they told me for episode three hundred, which was last week's <sighs> episode. <laughs> Look at him. He's picking a fight over this weird technicality. Hey, can, we, can we get this done, guys? Come on, let's. <laughs> Uh, it's <laughs> anyway, yeah, so I come out and draw with the um yeah. Uh so yeah. Obviously it's it's, it's Ram V and Christian Award. Ram V alone makes it something we're excited about. Um Aquaman... makes it look like Black Manta has a lightsaber and that's cool. That is cool. Wait, is this something like cover? Oh that's, yeah, okay, there you go. Uh Aquaman issue six. So that's uh is that still going. I still, that's still ongoing. That's right. I think I said that's yeah. last month as well. <laughs> yeah, this was uh, part of what the, the rumors were, um, interestingly. It, although it doesn't seem to have been confirmed. There was a lot of talk that this was actually going to get cancelled, uh, mm-hmm. this issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, the talk was that it was always actually planned as a six-issue mini, but they didn't want to tell retailers that because retailers tend to order less of a mini than they do of an ongoing. Um. So they were like, hey, retailers, it's, you know, it, it's an ongoing. And then it was internally they were referring to it as a mini, but they would just extend it if it sold well. Uh, it did not sell well. Apparently issue two dropped to something like 19,000 orders, um, which was pretty low. Although then they, they did announce like an extra Jim Lee cover to like boost the orders a bit. But uh, either way, it didn't sell too hot. So there was a lot of expectation that this was just going to have a final issue stamp here. I um, mean, it's a Dark Crisis tie-in, so maybe it's just going to exist to be a tie-in for a couple issues, and then... Yeah, finish. that or they're going to do that shitty thing that there's been a bit of a trend recently where they don't tell us it's the final issue until next month's solicits, and it's just not there. Uh, I'd rather didn't do that. I like to, I like them to be upfront about it. But, uh, I do as well, yeah. But hey... um. It's a shame I'm not invested in like this expanding Aqua line because like I really was into Aquaman for a long time between the Abnet and then the, the Kelly Sue stuff. But uh, mm-hmm. uh, just just you know the 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 one or two that I tried of the the new era kind of just were a bit mediocre. Uh, Batgirl's issue eight is coming out. Uh, more in the the most recent issue later on because I read it this week. Yeah, some so. some fun covers. Yeah, yeah. This one. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's good stuff. Uh, Batman Beyond Neo Year issue four, so that's uh still going. Uh, six issue mini, so issue four or six. Yeah, 
Uh, Batman Fortress issue three. This is the Gary Witta book, which has not started yet. This is an eight issue series. So cool. We've got Batman Killing Time issue five. So that's the penultimate issue of that bad boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, in July, we got Batman the Night issue seven, uh, which is seven of ten. Uh, so so that's that'll still be going when Chip's on the main book. Uh, we'll still have yeah. his, his many series be, going. We're doing the Zatanna stuff in this issue. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Booster himself magic. Looks like blood magic on the cover, though. That's not good, man. Uh, I'm sure it's just a dramatic effect cover. Uh, the variants just kind of wouldn't dabble with such forbidden things. Yeah, the variant's kind of funny to me. It's like Zatanna's firing like a lightning bolt through her legs to like propel herself up, <laughs> and she's got this sort of yeah. look in her face that she's like, "Wee." Yeah, <laughs> I thought there was something really funny and about Bruce it. Bruce looks terrified. <laughs> uh, we got Batman Urban Legends issue seventeen. Uh, yeah, so a bunch of stories in there, uh, which is cool. We got Black Adam issue two. Remember, this is the new Christopher Priest book. Yeah, uh, that's starting in June. So, with a very young looking Black Adam there. Yeah, it does yeah. look very young in that cover, doesn't he? Um, it's a little bit teenagery. Maybe there's some flashbacks in this issue or something. I mean, it's very possible. Yeah. And it's not just like the art being weird. Uh, Blood Syndicate Season 1, Issue 3. Uh, so this is more... Uh, mm-hmm. Milestone stuff. Yeah, Milestone. That's, that's the word I was looking for. Uh, Catwoman, Issue 45 uh, by Tini Howard. So that's still going. Uh, and that would be a very nice cover, although Tim's looking a bit weird. <laughs> I agree. I, I, I was like... Mm halfway down it and I was like oh I really like that cover like the aesthetic and the design there. yeah and then you get yeah, Tim's, and then I got face. Tim's face and I'm like oh oh never mind yeah it's a shame yeah but then on the the other cover it looks like uh the decal cover it looks like Michelle Pfeiffer uh, it does then there's one with the neon like meow signs yeah, and then, oh, that's your, your your classic Jenny Frisian covers at this yeah, point then you, yeah then there's your Frisian cover and we're just spoiled with them at this point yeah oh, there's so many and they're all amazing yeah, yeah, DC versus Vampire issue seven. So yeah, it's not taking time off. It will be running alongside. It's actually interesting because that's issue seven, meaning that it, finish at the same time. Yeah, yeah, they'll both run concurrently until they finish, unless one of them gets delayed by a month somewhere. But yeah, uh, in theory, they should finish. Also, at the same some time. great variants. I'm just going to. Which is good because the main cover is is Killer Marge. So. <laughs> uh, is that Killer March? Yeah. yeah, cover by Gilmore March. It's got his signature on it as well. Yeah, it's not bad though. Pete's like, I don't hate it. This can't be Gilmore March. Yeah, it doesn't look as bad as his stuff usually does. To be honest, know. look at look at like his green arrows, like chest and shoulders and down the arms. Oh. I mean, there's, there's a bit of it, but he, the faces are not as bad as normal. Like there's definitely it's the definitely faces aren't as bad. It's, it's definitely more restrained. Uh, I do agree. The uh, the cover with you know vampire Superman and Wonder Woman uh, is better. Uh, I, I, I'm a big fan of the Canary Slayer one. The Canary, yeah, and let's be honest, there's some Buffy re- referencing going on here. Oh boy. Just because a blonde is being a vampire slayer does not make it a Buffy reference. <laughs> Come on. Hey Pete, uh, Vampironica, which I read through this week. Oh yeah? Very, very much Buffy, but not, I mean, I don't want to kill it right now. Um, is this an Archie thing? Is this... Yeah, 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 it was the, the Smallwood one I oh, found okay. out. So, uh, so, this is, so, this is, art. so this is Veronica Fantastic. from Archie as a vampire yes. slayer. Yep. Okay. Um, <laughs> very, some very Buffy-esque moments. 
uh, as a teenage stuff. Well, just just watch. Yeah. Season 11 of the show will probably have some vampire plots in it. Well, and they'll, Season they'll 11? I, I'm expecting at the end of this season. I was going to say, yeah, next season, surely. <laughs> They've got a lot of other wacky plots to get through first. Uh, so, you got Deathstroke Inc. issue 11. Uh, remember this switch to Ed Brisson? Yep. Yeah, uh, this so. is Deathstroke Year One, which I don't know. Maybe it's a nice cover, though. I, the I mean, it's, family it's cover so. is cracking me up, though. Um, <laughs> and it looks yeah. like a portrait of a stuffy old family. Why does Rose but, look so young? Yeah, because I think that's one of those ones where they're the trying to show that. But why is that Damien? Like, Unless it's supposed to be like in the past, that's why they both. Yeah, are sure. Like that. That's all right. Uh, so, so, all right. So the, the the old one's not dead. So the so the sort of yeah. normal man's Deathstroke and the old really old yeah. one's Deathstroke's father. Then is that what we're saying? That's maybe, but he's holding the set. So I don't know what this is supposed to be. Because also that one's looking like Damien, but I know it's not. So yeah. Is that supposed to be? Because I would have said. Because I would say Deathstroke's the back. I'd say maybe Joseph's the like the older son. And then, no, because Grant was older than Joseph. Joseph's down okay. here, you would guess. Unless this is meant to be respawn. Yeah, because I had this when the young kid was respawn. Yeah. But Rose so, may be like older than him. Right. <laughs> and she right. looks like so, she's younger or the same age. But it's just, it's so funny to me. Just, it looks like one of those stuffy family portraits, I, but it's Deathstroke. It's, it's, a weird, it's a weird thing. Uh, we got Duo issue three. This is the Greg Pack book. Mm-hmm. This is part of Maelstone as well. Yep. Uh, Fables 153 is coming out. Good cover. We got Future State Gotham issue 15. And then we I'm got. I'm surprised that's still going. As, as am I, to be honest. In fact, is that even still. Uh, yeah, it's Dennis Culver now. Yeah, it's moved on from. Was it Williamson who was writing that to begin with? I can't remember. I don't think so. There was but someone. I mean... It wasn't Culver, it was someone else. Uh, we got Harley Quinn issue 17. Um, I'm sure Connor's going to. Enjoy don't, that when he gets to it. Make me miserable, Matt. They're doing wrestling with masks. Yeah, but I, I, yeah, no. That's boxing, not wrestling. I, I realized that when I saw the gloves. I just saw the masks and then just assumed that it, they were they were doing like a luchador thing, but they're not. And and yeah, in mind. No, but I mean it's Rosma, so absolutely not. <laughs> uh, I am Batman issue eleven's coming out, and then we got Justice League versus Legion of Superheroes issue five. Yes, that Bendis miniseries is still a thing. I know you've all forgotten, but it is a thing. Uh, Looney Tunes, issue 267. Mad Magazine, 27. Monkey Prince, issue... That's underneath Mad Magazine and Looney Tunes. That's a bit of a demotion for it. uh, Alphabetical, man. Is it? Oh, I guess it is. L-M. I feel feel like sometimes they put them at the end, though. Like, they're right at the bottom, Yeah, no. This this one's still alphabetical. Yeah, we've still got more stuff, yeah. Naomi, season 2, issue 5. Uh, we got Nightwing issue ninety four. Uh, oh, Nightwing and Babs getting smutchy on that. Uh, on that main cover. Oof. Yeah, but this other cover. cover. Oh yeah, the the, oh, God the Redondo blockbuster coming out of the city. God damn it! Oof. Every cover is gold. It, and then there's a Dick and Molly oh. cover as well. Uh, with her so good having some of Matt's uh, sweet nectar. Yeah. Uh, yes, but I like that he, that uh, Dick has a Batman cup and Wally has a Nightwing cup. That's hilarious. Yeah. I like the, but I like the idea that's what, that's what Dick has in his cupboard. He's, yeah. he's got various Bat yeah. Family mugs. Huh? Yeah. Uh, that makes some sense to me. Uh, oh, I just the box of plasters as well. Just to sell the, mm-hmm. the right, well, band-aids for the Americans. 
Yeah, we'll call it the 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 they've been fighting criminals. They've got some some scraps, some scratches. Yeah, yeah so makes sense to me. Uh, newbie created the Amazons issue two of four. Which definitely has the wrong covers. Yep. Uh, yeah, that's definitely a dinosaur cover. <laughs> I, actually, I think the second dinosaur cover is hilarious. I love it. Yep, me too. Uh, describe it for the audience who can't see it. Uh, it oh. is a Deathstroke playing with little toy... Di- uh, not Deathstroke. Darkseid yeah. playing with little toy dinosaurs of the Justice League. And it's which, like a, a child Darkseid. Right, which has the Wonder Woman Triceratops, the Allosaurus Batman, the Brachiosaurus Superman, and then what looks like an Ankylosaurus Darkseid, which, yeah. uh, that's pretty cool. But that looks like a Scotty Young variant, which... Uh, I mean, be, I'm sure but... we'll find out when we get to that book. Yeah, yeah, we'll find out when the, we actually get to the, the book that's associated with. Uh, Poison Ivy issue 2. This is the G. Willow Wilson and uh, Marcio Takara book that's starting in June. And oh my god, what a cover. Uh, it has a pretty nice cover, right? Joe, you know it's actually nice to see her in something that's not just the typical Ivy like, leave yep. dress or something. I, I yeah. like the second the... cover as well. As well. The Pam yeah. jumpsuit is very nice. I like that second cover. And then you get the, the Frisian with the roses. Oh, man, I'm in trouble. Oh, they're all great. All the covers. Uh, the main cover is the one for me out of these, to be honest. That appeals to me the most. But Yeah. Um, yeah, cool. Uh, Robin, issue 16. Um, Still going. Cool, yeah. It looks like we're going to be dealing with some Robin and Flatline stuff, which is nice. Uh, I've enjoyed the introduction of their relationship, so it's nice that they're, you know, they'll be getting back to that after uh, mm-hmm. War of Shadows. Uh, Superman, Son of Kal-El, issue 13. There was a bit of news associated with this one as well, because Nicole Maines is uh, co-writing this one and mm-hmm. is bringing Dreamer into the DCU via this book. Yeah, I think she's done a couple of the, or at least one of the, the like the Pride anthology yep. stories. Like, yeah, just a standalone. Yeah. Whereas this is actually bringing the character into the DCU as opposed to just being like a standalone little yeah. side thing. Uh, so, yeah. So I, I saw some tweets about it. Uh, so that's neat. So the cover obviously uh, heavily features her. So that's mm-hmm. cool. Um, yeah, that's nice. Uh, we got Task Force Z issue 10 uh, of 12. Um, so nice. And then we have the Jurassic League issue 3. Um, mm-hmm. cover. Don. What? <laughs> Wonder Woman's dinosaur Just... name is Wonder Don. Ah, uh, I see. <laughs> uh, so cool. Uh, we get Sandman Universe Nightmare Country issue four. Uh, and Danny is the guest artist for that issue. Uh, pretty good. Oh, yeah, geez, for, the, like for the for the I don't like segment. that cover. There's, there's there's one for each issue. If people mm. have forgotten. Uh, and then Should, the swamp the scan down <laughs> the swamp thing issue fifteen, which is the penultimate issue of that. Unfortunately, uh-huh. I, I'm not ready for that to be over. But uh, if that's where we're going, if we're going nice cover, of course. Uh, what if there. that's a personification of the green? That's what it kind of looks like. Mm. Uh, and then we get Wonder Woman seven eight nine. Uh, the good news about this is that this is post uh, crossover. Oh, Lupacino on art? Are you kidding me? Hmm. Get it. Yeah, some good stuff there. Um, and we're still doing Doctor Psycho stuff, which is nice. Uh, which was set up before. 
Uh, so he's standing on the table <laughs> on the variant cover. I can't. That's fun for funny, Amy. That's fine. Uh, so cool. Uh, yeah. So they're reprinting the Gotham City Sirens. Uh, omnibus. Mm-hmm. Although they've renamed the Harley Quinn and the Gotham City Sirens. Of course they have. That's a little annoying. It's a, good, <sighs> a, it's a good solid run though. If if you like the sirens, I I enjoy that. Oh, sure. The two, the two uh, kind of thick trades of it. It's just the principle of the renaming to try and. You know, <sighs> I know, but if it sells more. Mm. Yeah. It's annoying, but I don't I don't care enough to gatekeep it away from. Like, you know, I mean, if if this is what shifts copies and and it, it, this is how you get a reprinting. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to gatekeep. I just wish they had some backbone and just tried to, like, you know, market it properly so people will know what it is without having to plaster the literal title of the character yeah. into it. Pretty sure a big photo of Harley Quinn in the cover will do, do the trick, but... Uh, uh, Doesn't give you that search searchability, though, does it? If you're on like, just, Amazon. What you do is you just, put, you just treat it like you've got like, a cast and just say, starring Harley Quinn, Catwoman, and Poison Ivy. It still doesn't have you in your title for searching on... on- like Amazon or your bookstore. That's what tags are for. Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey. Well, that's what they changed it to after the movie bottom, Matt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. Uh, Joker, a puzzle box collection. We got House of Mystery, Bronze Age Omnibus Volume 3. Uh, so it's nice to reprint old stuff like that. Uh, Commanded by Jack Kirby, Volume 1. Uh, soft cover. I assume that was already in an omnibus or a hardcover. Prior. I would assume so, yeah. Uh, New Teen Titans, Omnibus Volume 1, New Printing, which is notable because they actually did get all the way through that in the three omnibuses, or no, four omnibuses, maybe, even. Uh, but it's nice that they're keeping these in print. It's nice that this isn't the sort of thing where you have to like, be terrified that the first volume's going to go out of print. And... Yeah, I think it was just this week, maybe next week, that the uh, the reprint of uh, Gotham Central Omnibus Yeah, it was this out. week. I saw, I saw photos of the stacks of copies oh, there you go, then. from various shops. So that's cool. Uh, second volume of uh, Johnson's Action Comics being collected, uh, which mm-hmm. is cool. Um, issues 1036 to 1041. Uh, second Batch of the Joker. Second Ram V Swamp Thing trade, uh, which is issues 5 to 10, uh, which means it'll be three trades total. Uh, although I suspect you'll probably get a nice big deluxe hardcover of the whole thing once it's uh, all said and done. I would assume so, yeah. Yeah. Who's who's who? Omnibus Volume 2. And then uh, Wonder Woman trade. Aye. And that wraps up. That's the solicits. There, there is a notable omission with a reason. Uh, I don't know if either of you have noticed it. It's really hard to just sort of remember what didn't come up, but go that, on. That is fair, especially as the first issue has not come out yet and will not come out now. Uh-oh. Ever? Uh, well, for the foreseeable future, at least, there is no resolicit date being given. Go on. The uh, Tom King and Fornes book. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I will t- he uh, he did address that on Twitter. Say the title again. Danger Street. There you go. Yeah. Um, DC have told their retailers that all the orders have been cancelled. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I, what, what was the, the update from Twitter? So he, he did say that it's just being moved, so it'll be out. Uh, eventually. and eventually um but dc is is taking it off right now 
Mm. Um, I mean, someone this... in the furnace is behind on something, and that's yeah, why. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I mean, this has happened a few times over the last yep. few years, and it usually just means uh, it'll be out in you know four months later, six months later, yep. whatever it is. Yeah, I think the most recent example is Shana's Shazam book, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. It happened with uh, the Man Bat book, which we just assumed was never going to happen, and then it did. <laughs> yep. That so. was that was right around pandemic, though, which is why we thought uh, she's sure. not going to come back. There's a whole bunch of like Marvel books. Yeah. Never sold the but light to be, a day. But to be fair, oh. DC, obviously, not everything that 5G was meant to be happened, but like the stuff they solicited by and large did eventually come out. I think everything that was solicited yeah. did come out eventually. Um, I think there was a couple of things where it was a bit weird where there was some of the last like final issues of things didn't, and they just didn't print the last couple of issues of a few runs, and they just ended up being like, well, just get the trade. Yeah, there was a couple of weird oddities, but at least in those cases, it was like, okay, it's still going to exist in some form. It's not ideal. It's not perfect for people who are buying the issues, but at least it wasn't just... Uh... Yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, it's um, it's some. Um, there you go, that was the July solicits. Uh, I mean, the, the most notable things really is just the new teams on both Batman and Detective, one of which we've known for a while, one was new this week. But, uh, you know, unsurprisingly, the back corner is going to be pretty healthy still uh, come the summer. Yeah, so. I, I know there. I've seen people on Twitter getting annoyed that, oh, why, why are all these writers that I want to see do cool things just doing Batman? I'm like, one, because Batman sells, that's where DC wants them. Because if, if you want to see them on books, DC wants them on Batman. <clears throat> Two, most writers want to work on Batman. <laughs> and to be fair, yep. Ram V is also doing another far less mainstream book at DC at the same time, right? Uh, he's got that other book going yep. at the same time. Um, I mean, Zarsky has got another Bat book, but maybe he'll do something that's not Batman related alongside yeah. the main Batman um, book afterwards. Ram V also has an Aquaman book, and people don't want to talk about that. Yeah. Like, you know. Like, so, as, like, look. That's what I meant, by the way. Know, That's what I was talking about. We all know about. my internet persona, right? I'm annoyed by Batman. But, like, no one's making you read it. So, like, but... I mean, more if, to the point, if people didn't read it quite so much, maybe they wouldn't stick every creator you like on it. Right. So, like, but if you really like Ram B, I would feel like you can get over your Batman bias and, and read because it's Ram B, right? Like... And Albuquerque, you're not. He's but he's suddenly not going to not be Ram V because he's writing Batman. That's what I just don't get. Yeah, th th there have been probably a handful of examples of that where you take a writer and you put them on a big book like Batman mm -hmm. and they kind of lose their voice. And mm -hmm. those tend to be the weakest runs. And Right. But I, th I think they're they're learning now that no they're bringing these writers on because they have a mm -hmm. voice they have an audience already and you know this this is the right. appeal. Plus, it usually up. means they have carte blanche to do anything they want as a second book. Like you know, he's like he's doing the Aquaman prestige hey. book, and he may do something else weird and wonderful after that. I mean, look how much Tom King's gone to do these days. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, he he had a long Batman run, and now he just gets to do whatever the hell he wants, and it sells well, like hotcakes. When was the last time a Human Target book was published? Like, ever, uh, has it ever? Right. Yeah, no, it, it was. These, it was maybe? The 70s. Yeah. <laughs> but like, and I know there was one that came out with the TV show back in the early 2000s, but that was a tie-in. But, like, he did a, he's doing a human target that features the Justice League International. And has no problem selling and having critical acclaim. Right. So, you know, just, again, if you don't like it, like, 
I'm probably not going to read Batman Fortress, right? And that's fine. Um, I might try it just because Gary were. Right, you know what I mean? But, like, if that was, you know, I kept getting Batman physically because Williamson's on there because I like Williamson as a writer. No one's making me, you know? Like, if I don't want to read it, I'm just not. I used to feel like I had to. Like, I made that joke this week that no one makes me read comics, and I put in parentheses, except for Pete on issue ones. <laughs> uh, you know? Uh, but at the same time, read what you like. Don't read what you don't like. And it's something that I'm getting so tired of seeing the too many bat books. It's like, well, then go buy the other books that are being canceled because no one's reading them. But it turns out that, no, you just want to complain. And that's what drives me the most nuts is because there is a very, there's, there's an argument there that there can be more diversity across books, but you have to show DC that you want that, right? Go buy more one star squadron. To to an extent, there is a there is a bit of a self fulfilling prophecy with it, mm-hmm. where the better writers are put on the books that they think they're going to sell better. So right. if you don't so like, we the... buy those because the, yeah. the writers on the other books are like, writers that are less interesting to us. Right. Yes. I I love Green Lantern as a concept. Right. Like I'll try most Green Lantern things. The Jeffrey Thorne book I got eight issues into, and it just it wasn't clicking. So I stopped reading it. I don't complain about it. I don't like. Uh, I might complain to you guys, like, oh, I kind of miss Green Lantern. I, right? I, I distinctly remember both of you complaining a lot when Grant Morrison and Liam Sharp were doing their Green Lantern. Yeah, because that was the only Green Lantern at the time. You know. Uh, what are the Green Lanterns going on right now? Well, I mean, you could... Uh, you, you have a point. You got me there. <laughs> yeah, but here's, uh, here's the difference, though. Because Grant Morrison, you know it's going to get to last however long they deem it... True. Like, like plausible. Whereas, if this run is not being received well and it's not selling well right. it's just a matter of time until they say oh, we need to give it some sort of relaunch right right uh, so there's you a know, slight difference there it's a, there's like, a difference between oh it's a respected creator who is going to be allowed to do it for as long as they want so therefore you're stuck in that true. limbo for a while versus you know well. but like but like yeah i i would i would love like green lantern especially is a, is a thing that you can have multiple books out at one time there's no reason but clearly dc has found that they only want to publish one at a time it's, right now it's bizarre to me because usually the reason that you would say that they're not publishing multiple books is because the market won't support it right but the market supported four green lantern books for five years during right. uh, new 52 pretty consistently right. right so you know um but yeah and everyone's like always like oh well you know tom taylor nightwing well well, technically, Nightwing's a Batman character. Nightwing is distinctly not a what I would consider a Bat book. That is strictly about Dick Grayson, you know, yeah, being himself. Technically, it falls under the Bat group editor, yeah. so yes. But, I mean, it's not Batman directly right. in the same way right. that a lot of these other books are. Like, I feel like it's selling because it's Tom Taylor, not because it's related to Batman, right? Like, mm. and, and again, look at what... Uh, Johnson's doing on action, right? He took uh, Superman off of Earth. He's leading. He's uh, you know on the covers. He looks like a barbarian, you know. Um, so so yeah, it's just I don't know, man. I just I get tired. Of, I feel like sometimes the internet is just plays people complaining just to complain, and it makes being a fan of things not as fun. Because um, like I said it today, where we we have action comics where Superman's like a barbarian in a coliseum trying to instill a revolution and now with ram v 
Homecoming Detective, we're going to have opera version of Batman, right? Like, him tackling that. And this is why it's so cool that, you know, it's cool to be a DC fan right now. Because there is stuff if you look for it. But, if you know, I could complain that the only Booster Gold thing being right now is Blue and Gold. Right? And something that I'm not reading. Hey, you're going to get Booster in that DC Vampires book. Right. And I'm, and I'm going to read that. But, like, you know, for all of that, too, like, Task Force Z. Again, yes, Batman has shown up and Jason's the main character, but it's very much its own thing. It's this weird book, uh, you know. Obviously, I'm not reading that anymore, but is yeah. it closer to a Suicide Squad book? Than, yeah. Because that's what the name suggests. Yeah, definitely. You know, and and Jason's still at odds with Batman. And, you know, yeah, back when characters are in it, right? But it is distinctly its own thing. And I don't feel like it's leaning on Batman for sales. You know, so again, go go read what you like. If you like Aquaman, go read the Aquaman. And if it's not, then then yeah, you have some, you know, you have some. Uh, I don't think complaints. you could complain about Blue and Gold, even if you really didn't like it, because it's written right. by the creator of Booster Gold. Right. I, I want to read it. I just I'm gonna read it and trade when it comes all out. Right. Same. But I'm just saying, like it's, you know, I could complain that you should have Booster Gold and more things, but I I don't because. I understand that Booster Gold's a niche character, right? Like, not every character's Batman. Uh, you know, Batman does sell, as much as I hate it. So, because um, people, it's, it's something, just like Spider-Man sells over at Marvel. You know, Spider-Man's a brand. I, I have a friend that's a very close friend. He only cares about Batman and Spider-Man because those are the two cartoons he watched as a kid. You know, he doesn't care about the comics. He only cares about the movies. And guess what? Being a Batman and a Spider-Man fan can be very good or very sad, depending on, on what year it is. Yeah, say, depending you on know? the decade. Right. So, you know, but the comics are always going to be there. So, you know, but, mm. but yeah, silliness. Yeah. Um, I, actually, just since you, you mentioned movies there, I suppose that it's worth mentioning yeah. the rumblings that, uh, you know, the, 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 the Warner Discovery Brothers merger. Discovery merger has officially went through. And apparently the people in charge now um, are considering some sort of proper, like, complete shake-up of, like, what DC Entertainment is doing movie-wise as a brand. Um, specifically saying that there needs to be some sort of Kevin Feige-like figure who's actually running it. It's been less reported on because a lot of the websites are obviously more interested in the Hollywood side of things. Yeah. yeah. But apparently they are looking at shaking up the comic side of it as well. They yeah. want the uh, the vertical content, basically. They want to be able to go, this comic will be then be promoted, you know, we'll, we'll use that as a pitch for mm. this movie or this TV show. Which, they kind of want that a bit more directly in-house. Because obviously that's kind of what happens anyway. They cherry-pick these things, but they want it yeah. more you know, planned. Which makes that, sense it, from a business it, perspective, which yeah, we would assume... It, that just sounds to, to me like it's not really a change... Like from us, from the outside, it's more just no. internally how they actually structure it and my, plan My it. worry is that we'll start getting mini-series that feel like Mark Miller series, where mm. you go, oh, this this isn't a comic. This this isn't a story. Content this this is a pitch for a, a movie okay. or a pitch for a Netflix Which, show. I forget who it was on Twitter, but it was like, that's that's what's great for Vertigo. Bring back Vertigo. Make that your pitch form. Because, you know, you have all these different things. You could just brand it through Vertigo, and there you have your, your, your pitch to develop. I mean, I think you, you know? could argue that a lot of the Black Label stuff, you could so yeah. it kind of feels like that, but... I'm shocked that the imposter did not take place in the same slot as Matt Reeves' Batman. They're so 
Real You're going to spoil things again, Matt. <laughs> yeah, watch what you're saying, Matt. Yeah. I am. But it's just because the imposter felt so much like that world. Yeah. Especially that... when Rat King showed up. Yeah, right? <laughs> I, that wasn't me. I just agreed. <laughs> it's also Rat Catcher, not Rat King. But yeah. Um, I had to think of my feet quickly and make my joker, right? Yeah, I gotcha. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, and this whole I, idea of a Feige-like person, I think they just mean someone that's going to keep the property straight, which I feel like they have needed, because right now the DC movies are just a oh, mess. They're just all over the place. Like, by the yeah. way, for the record, I by all means completely revamp the whole thing. The only thing I mm-hmm. say is leave Matt Reeves and his Batman movies alone. Yeah. Let them go. Which, is it a hot take and like maybe I mean maybe it's a maybe it's a bizarre choice, but I don't want a shared universe in the same way. No, that oh, that's got, fine. Like, yeah, MCU. I just just well, keep doing similar movies. Just 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 knock them out. They they also said with something like the Joker, which people are like, oh, I don't want no more of that. But it was like, well, no, it was Joker was very much what Phillips Todd Phillips wanted to make. Yeah, right? I I don't necessarily I don't like disagree. the movie. I don't want yeah. more of that movie, but it no. was exactly what it set out to be and i think most importantly from their point of view it was cheap and made a shitload of money right so i can see that where if a you know creative person in hollywood has an idea for superman and they can do it effectively then that's the superman movie right you know as much as i would love a avenger style justice league where it felt like it was this big i think we're past that now you know Um, As, as someone who is uh, you know, very publicly burnt out on Marvel films. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I don't want that to happen with DC. Films. I mean, don't me wrong. I'm already like not thrilled about all the DC films in general. Anyway, uh, mm. just superhero movies. But putting them as oh, they're one big cohesive story. That's not going to get me back on board. That will no. make me check out even more, if anything. Whereas at least now, I can, I, I can check in on. On the Batman when it when it, when I get to that, right. and yeah, I'm Suicide Squad. Yeah, I'm not feeling like Aquaman. I'll skip that one. But oh, uh, Black Adam. Yeah, sure. That that seems like up my street. I'll check out yeah. that one. I, I I'm personally much more open to like oh, I'll be able to cherry pick which ones I actually want to watch yeah. as opposed to feel like yeah, I, I don't I have to watch really it. care about a shared universe anymore. Yep. It, it's especially since I think Marvel it just feels so factory produced and kind of bland most of the time now. I, I would rather not have that. I'd rather have a mix of different things where there's just some standout gems and then maybe the rest aren't as great. Admittedly, the current state of the DC movies right now is that I do think a lot of the projects feel just kind of whatever. They just kind of feel there. They're um, afloat. So, so some of them are like these weird things that are lingering from the, 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 the mm-hmm. past attempt at a universe, which is The Flash and whatever Wonder Woman does next. Are we ever going to see The Flash? I genuinely don't know. I mean, <laughs> there's been some recent events. I would say no, but I don't also... know. It's, it's not enough. Like, like yeah, Ezra Miller put too we... much money into that. No, Ezra Miller would need some Kevin Spacey size skeletons for them to actually consider reshooting. Yeah, give him a couple of months. The movie. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's on a downward spiral, man. Just, I hope that guy gets help. That that's all. Mm. Uh, but like, I would love like something like you remember the George Miller. Justice League pitch that was making its rounds before all this. Yeah. Like, just something like that, I think, is what I want DC to do. Standalone stuff that just, kind of how they approach their animation side of things. Um, or if they have an idea for a story, they just 
they make it, you know. The animation um, side is actually an interesting comparison because technically there is an ongoing shared universe, but mm -hmm. there's also on top of that just hey, we're going to just do this as well like, that are right. completely standalone and outside of that. Right. So, but yeah, um, I, I I really don't know what the the the, the changes mean though in the sense that. Okay, you have someone who's like trying to run it or have a more coherent like strategy, but if it's not going to be a shared universe, then I'm not sure why it matters so much. Outside of just like more editorializing oh. in the sense that you're actually trying to like hire interesting directors and people to yeah. actually make interesting films, because the biggest problem I have right now is that outside of Matt Reeves Batman, all the movies just look kinda eh or sound kinda eh. Uh so well, I mean, I, I feel like you don't want to go the Sony route, what they're doing with their Spider-Man characters. Well, obviously not, no. You know, so and just making movies to make movies. Um, like, I still haven't seen Morbius, but from, from because, what I heard... Because, neither is most of the world, Matt. Yeah. Because right now, things yeah. still feel a bit hodgepodge. Like, Black Adam exists yeah. because The Rock wants to do it. And because right. The Rock wants to do Black Adam, it means that Black Adam can't just be the villain in a Shazam movie. So right. they're having we to avoid that. using Black Adam in Shazam. <laughs> What we learn it's is awkward. that the rock has more pull than Channing Tatum. Sure, uh, but it's just it's just but it makes it really awkward though, right? It means that the politics of who wants to do what are affecting the creative decisions more than the the right mm -hmm. creative decisions being made for the movies that are being. Warner have been famously bad at this for decades, right? Oh no doubt, yeah. Um, like, Occasionally, they stumble into giving Christopher Nolan control and just like, oh, some good movies get made. Excellent. Right. But this is right. the same reason why we couldn't have, there weren't a lot of Harley Quinn on Arrow, for example, because, well, we got plans for Harley Quinn elsewhere. We can't oh. have two versions of Harley Quinn. What if people get confused? They, they brought what's his name that was on Lost in on Smallville, and he played a very Bruce Wayne esque character just to kill him off because of the bat embargo, um, mm. which they thought they might be able to get lifted. From my memory, uh, there was the a whole thing about not using Deathstroke for seasons on Arrow because uh -huh. that was around the time where they teased him at the end of one of the movies. So they were like, "Well, we can't use Slade anymore. You're, yeah. you're not allowed." Re remind me to tell you guys something after because I don't want to spoil any Batman stuff. <laughs> well, I don't uh, want to hear it either, Matt. Um, no, no, no. Just something that I overheard when I went to see the movie, and I just, I felt so bad for the guy. So remind me when we're done. Here, mm. I don't know if I trust him enough to remind yeah. him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. I, mean, I, I don't know what to make of it at this point. I, I'm so I'm so jaded when it comes to mm -hmm. comic book movies and TV shows now because we have reached such a saturation point where none of it feels special anymore. It hasn't in a while. Uh, there's just so much of it constantly. Um, that yeah, it, it could take something special to the point where even I love Reeves Batman. But I only got excited for that in like the two days before it came out because the reviews were so goddamn through the roof. Uh, like everything else, like it's just kind of like. Hey, someone that enjoys the movie thing, like I did, contemplate going to see Morbius until I didn't <laughs> even get. You know, even Tim wasn't like. Eh. Um, like if Tim said, "Go see it." It's it's at least you can laugh at I, it. I, I, I think Tim's you know? opinion was it's no Venom. Yes, right. Did Tim actually see it? I believe he did. Okay. I don't know. But again, with Tim, I never know, right? <laughs> but I can I can trust him if he went, yes, go spend $10 and watch it. It's it's fine. You'll have fun. You know, I, I like going to the movie, so I'll still go see mm -hmm. some of these. Like, I was always going to go see the Batman in the theater, you know, regardless of burnout or not. Um, but I want to be excited and not feel like I 
have to, you know. No, to get um, snooty for a second, the Northman's out, and I am way more excited about seeing the Northman than I am yeah. any superhero movie for the rest I of the year. I am as well. You know, but I mean, sure, but it's it's The Rock as a superhero. Like, come on, tailored I'm, for I, me. I, I'm more interested in seeing the Northman than I am in getting to the Batman. I'm frankly, I'm still more interested in watching the animated superhero, you know, the the DC Super Pets, than I am watching the Batman. <laughs> I, mean, I, I, can't, I can't agree with that part. That's, that's the I did expect you to, but I, I, I just I love that trailer. I, I, I am more excited about that than I am about watching Batman, which I mean, I'll get to it. I'll get to it eventually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well. Veracall Saul's back next week, and that's more important than any superhero content that's coming this year, quite frankly. That's, that's probably true. I guess I should watch the last season. <laughs> yes. Goddamn should, yes. Sitting there on the old DVR. What the hell's been taping then? I thought it was already back. <laughs> no, it starts on Monday. <laughs> What's been taping under Better Call Saul? On my DVR. Repeat. Uh, repeat I don't know. <laughs> Maybe they're just, just the last season again. It's like, you yeah. really need to watch this. Yeah. You got five copies of it now, just eating up tons of DVR yeah. space. Oh, I don't have a lot. We don't DVR a lot anymore. So it's, it's, it's basically for wrestling in case I can't watch it live. Mm. Um, and so I I had plenty of free space. All right, let's start about comics, shall yeah. we? Let's get into it. Um, all right, starting off this week, uh, Flashpoint Beyond issue zero. Jeff Johns writing Eduardo Rizzo on the art, and this is a sequel to Flashpoint that no one asked for. No one asked for. No one wanted. No one should want. <laughs> um, I'm gonna say I'll get out my praise. Rizzo, I, I like the art. Right, it has some stuff. This story made me realize how much I did not like Flashpoint. Um, and and everything. Sure, there's some central mysteries going on here that I'm I'm gonna keep checking out. Um, out of sheer curiosity, mm-hmm. talking to the person that has all of Flashpoint. I bought every tie-in, everything for Matt, Flashpoint. You're just a sucker for DC events, no matter what. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, this is the one that taught me not to do that anymore. And then being reminded of that through this, watching characters make the same mistakes and almost just, this is almost just a retelling of Flashpoint in, in a single issue. And uh, now hold on a it second. makes me wonder. Hold on a second. Uh, there is one plot beat here that I am going to praise. I am going to praise. Okay. I So there's an interesting flip of the rules where Thomas yep. Wayne's back in his universe and he's like, this isn't right. I, you know, but this universe mm-hmm. got erased, uh, got fixed because of Barry and everything. I met Bruce. I know I shouldn't kill. Harvey Dent wants to arrest me because his wife committed suicide because of what Martha did as the Joker, blah, blah, blah. All that's playing out. Thomas goes to see Barry, but Barry here doesn't remember the original universe. He's just, this is just Barry from Flashpoint Universe. He doesn't know that right. he was the Flash. He's not, he's not the Flash. He's just a police scientist. Thomas kidnaps him, straps him to a chair so he can give him speed powers, but then just he gets struck by lightning and dies. He, he gets Barry well, killed. Yeah, not just that, because someone interferes with it too. I know, I know there's like some technicalities, yeah. but like it doesn't yeah. matter. The, the broad stroke of this is, is that he fries him in an electric chair with lightning yep. because he's trying to turn him into the Flash. And I could sort of see it coming. It was kind of like, this is going to be just like a really darkly funny moment. And I appreciate the yeah. the humor of that. Maybe it's because I've got a sixth sense of humor. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if it was meant to be that funny. No. It was funny to me. I don't think it was. I think it was meant to be shocking. We found it funny. 
Yeah, I, um, I think it was supposed. That's the thing because I also found it quite funny, but I think it was meant to be dramatic. And uh, mm. so, so we all love Doomsday Clock. Oh yeah, I loved it. Awesome. Yeah, this, this this is no Doomsday Clock. Three 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 Jokers, not so much. No. Uh, I'm starting to wonder if my former favorite writer still has it. Um, I'm I'm past wondering. I I I know the answer. Yeah, but see, but you would you would say that, but Doomsday Clock still. Right? I I think he's lost it at DC. Yeah, I think Doomsday Clock was was an His exception. Grand opus. I don't. Yeah, because I think he he was on a, a downhill kind of decline before that. Yeah. I I don't know if I would necessarily say that he's lost it per se. It's just that because I think if you gave him a proper ongoing book and if he had mm -hmm. time to actually write it, if he wasn't working on a TV show, yeah. I think he would be fine. I think if like, you if you gave him a character that he cared about and said, go do a run for 50 issues, I think he'd go away and do it and it would be yeah. a solid run. Like, I think the like problem is... he's doing with Stargirl right now, right? That Spring Break special came out last year and we're still kind of waiting for... Yeah. The, 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 ever. the problem is, is that he's getting these weird, <laughs> silly side things or... And I think Doomsday Clock, while there was always a question of how much it was going to be adhered to in continuity and what they were going to do with it when it was done... It didn't matter when you were actually reading it because it still felt like the most important thing to us. It still felt like mm -hmm. it was these ramifications. It still felt like it thematically tied everything in the DC universe together, even if the main books weren't really going to acknowledge it that much. Yeah. As I was reading this, it kind of felt like nothing is really going to acknowledge this. And by the time it's done, like, I'll, like it may get a casual mention if Thomas Wayne shows back up during Dark Crisis or something like that. He'll say, yeah. oh, I went on this little adventure, blah, blah, blah. Um. Uh and that tells me because you have Jeremy Adams and who's who's the other writer going forward? It's, oh, it's Johns, Adams, and is it Thompson? I think it might be Thompson. Yeah. So I just feel like if it was going to have things, like we'd have bigger, bigger names. And I feel like Dark Well, and that's the other thing. The fact that he's, you know, he's probably just plotted it and then left. Yeah. And the other writers yeah. are scripting it. The, the bizarre thing to me is I don't know which way around this came from. Like, did they go... Hey, hey, Jeff, come, come do some more Flashpoint for us. Flashpoint's I, it's, 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 I, it's, it's, it's bordering on nostalgia. It's back in vogue. If I was to guess, is I would say that there's a plot beat by the end of this that they want to have set up for something in continuity. And they've said, hey, you can do some Flashpoint stuff. All you have to do is make sure you make this point by the end. And then John's just got to go wild. Uh, yeah. pr probably some too, because, I mean, the implication from the bookend scenes of Batman with Mamie Marionette and him being up to something... It kind of sounds like the Flashpoint universe comes back yeah. because of something Batman does, and it's going to be up to Thomas to fix it in the Bat the Flashpoint universe to get it back to normal. That's I mean, conceptually, I don't necessarily think that's a terrible idea. Mm -hmm. You know, in a vacuum, if you just say that to me, that's like oh, that's, that's not bad. I don't know why Batman's doing this yet. I don't, you know, his motivation right. is very unclear right now. Doesn't tell us, but. Mm -hmm. Um, I will say I do love uh, Maya Marionette here when she tells him to put the gun down. I just thought that was that was all done. But again, this Riz, uh, Rizzo's art. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know. In fact, it was just reminding um, me how much I like Doomsday Clock more than it was anything else. Yeah, and that, that's what I mean. And then the Flashpoint stuff made me realize how much I didn't like Flashpoint. Um, I like Flashpoint at the time. I don't know if I like it now. Yeah. Even now, so I. But again, I probably had fatigue because I read every single tie-in. Like yeah, Deathstroke as a pirate, ambush bug in, in the no, UK. I, I read a selection yeah. of the tie-ins and a few of them were quite yeah. good. 
And I thought I thought the main book was fine at the time. Honestly, I, I didn't have too much of a problem with it. The the problem with Flashpoint was just like at the end when it changed to New Fifty Two, it was like, mm-hmm. oh, it's responsible for this now. <laughs> yeah, mm. which at the time we we weren't you know we yeah, were excited we for. We weren't to know at the time that we were going to hate yeah. the next five years by and large. Yeah, you know. So yeah, I just this was rough for me. Just because, you know, John's is still one of my guys. I still love his Flash. I still love I, him a lot. I, I think the problem is there's a, there's a bit in this where it tries to tell us everything matters on a mm-hmm. literal, like, whiteboard. Like, here, everything matters. Oh, yeah. The, hold on. the Divine yeah. Continuum. Notice the initials there. Yeah. DC. Yeah. <laughs> also, um, you know, my, you know, following the, the, the murders, right, through the Flashpoint universe, and I'm starting to realize names. Right, uh, and these are names that I recognize being a continuity nerd. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so when we get that character who I'm not familiar with at the end, yeah, I don't know these characters. I got to the end, I went, oh, okay, that that's okay, you know. Um, yeah, the plot in the Flashpoint universe is that the clockwork killers going around and replacing organs with gears. Uh, mm. kills Abracadabra. You know, they don't know who he is. They just sort of joke his name. That is a full, amazing horror book on its own. Yeah. Oh sure. Yeah, that's a it's a fine right, concept which, on its own. It reminded me of John's writing Murmur, right back in mm. in Flash. You know, he he has a tendency to write these yeah. type of things. That, uh, um, are either of you particularly familiar uh, with this group they're talking about? The time. Yeah, that's Rip. That's Rip Hunter's. Yeah. No, but I mean specifically these char- this character at the end who shows up. No, that's who I'm looking no. up. I meant to look this up. So they talked about Matthew Ryder. That was Wave Rider. He was one of the ones he could, you know, go through time, like kind of like a Silver Surfer-esque kind of character. Um, and then there's another, the Doctor character, the PhD guy. Yeah. So, so, so this this young character at the end who shows up uh, to Batman is Corky Cor- Baxter. Corky Baxter, uh-huh. yeah. What a name! And references a Doctor Smith. I mean, is Doctor Smith like that character you're familiar with, the Time Masters? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm checking them all out right right now. Um, he was the the one that was the PhD and stuff. Um, I know him. I'm trying to find the right one. But yeah, so the Time Masters are a group of people, kind of. Rip Hunter is, you know, I didn't realize this until becoming familiar with Doctor Who. Rip Hunter is just kind of the doctor. Yeah. And he goes and plucks people through time to help. Companions. Uh, yeah. Well, not just companions, but they have to write certain things. And after... Um, 52 and infinite crisis they started to tie booster gold in there and in fact john's made rip hunter the son of booster gold and that everything that. that rip learned came from booster that once booster got all of his stuff together he did become a great hero in fixing the time stream mostly because no one knows about breaking the time stream better than booster gold um so this corky baxter character though i was not familiar with um very much so and i'm trying to find the time masters and all i keep getting is the legends of tomorrow and i i don't <laughs> want that uh, i i understand that was their version um yeah. but yeah so this that that's that's what's going to keep me coming back so the, the one other doctor that dies was chronos who was a time traveling villain that you know mm. made trouble for the time masters and then you also had um, Abracadabra, who's another time traveler, right? Who gets taken out. Who's not a time master, but 
Um, but yeah, so I mean, I'm going to keep coming back. Like Again, like Connor said, I have a, a problem when it comes to events. Um, and this is event adjacent. It read, well, I'm gonna it, I mean, it. it read well enough. I'm a little concerned that I'm going to come back for issue one and because we've got these other writers script in it, that it's going to be yeah. more clunky and you know, uh, I mean, Adams has been doing mm-hmm. fine on Flash. Don't get me wrong, but you, yeah. you know, it's only he, you know, he's only co-writing uh, with the other dude. So uh, I'm a little concerned about that. I, I will say, like, it, it's kind of like if I was super into the book, this introduction of another corner of the DC universe that I'm not as familiar with would be like, oh, I'm curious about them now and how they're going to fit into mm-hmm. this. But instead, when I got to the end, and it was like, okay, we're doing this other like pull of these characters from you know you know the time masters i was just kind of like uh yeah okay i don't really know much about them Uh, and it's a really fine line to walk where the difference between getting the reaction where i'm like oh who are these i want to know a bit more about them i need to go do some research and the opposite reaction being uh i don't really know who these are uh well like i guess i'm just not excited by this cliffhanger then uh so it's kind of weird uh I got a couple of chuckles out of the book. They might not have been intentional, but... Uh? <laughs> yeah. So also, just real quick, uh, the, the, the Time Masters disappeared at the end of Infinite... or at uh, Christ on Infinite Earths. So them popping back up now in the Flashpoint universe mm. again plays very much into the John's, you know, every crisis matters type type deal. You know, you know how you guys feel about like multiverse stories right now, where you're just like sick of them, and you just like don't mm-hmm. want any more. That's how I feel about this. Like everything matters; mm-hmm. it, it all has to tie together. There's a metaverse. There's a you know a, you know a divine continuum now. I just I just don't care. It's too much. It's too. Much. I'm I'm bored of it. I need a break. And that's that's it's a big problem for me. At least I just I can't get over it. Are you telling us that you're not reading this year one? Oh god, no! no this, this, I was miserable reading this. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say I was miserable. I, I was, I was bummed out. But again, I'm. I, 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 I can't help it. Honestly, if I had 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 more books this week, I wouldn't have read this. I, I mean, maybe I would have had morbid curiosity, as Flashpoint and Johns, but I was already just not interested in in the subject. You know, uh, I just didn't. I didn't have any enthusiasm for for the book in general, but because I only had a couple of books, I was like, "All right, I'll I'll give it a try." And yeah, let's say I'm the big dramatic moment of them killing Barry kind of accidentally. Yeah, I'm laughing at it. That's that's awful. Like, I'm, this yeah. is supposed. This is not supposed to be funny. This is supposed to be a big deal because our always our tie to the multiverse is always a flash, right? And Flashpoint is a world without a flash. That's why. Yeah. It, it the way that it is. I mean, I'm um, not 100% convinced it's not at least meant to be a little darkly funny. Because it kind of no, like it was... That, the look that, on Thomas' face is horrified. Yeah. Like that, that, it's supposed to be horrific, that, that that moment. Not funny in the slightest. And the fact that we found it funny is is poor storytelling. Mm. I mean, I thought it was easy to read. Like, I, I don't think it was a short read. I mean, I'll no. give it that. Yeah. Uh, I just, again, some of the stuff from Flashpoint that I just like that's, it was making me have memories like when they brought up the Atlantean and Amazonian war I was like oh god yeah 
I'd kind of gratefully forgotten about Martha Joker. Yeah. Well, no, because that was out of all of the um, minis, that one and the Project Superman were the two that stood out as kind of the best. But that's what happens when you have um, Azarello and then yeah, and, and Rizzo. And it's not that so, they're inherently bad ideas, but it's more just oh, we have to revisit this. It's it's I know I know Pete, you're uh, often sick at the minute of just franchises rebooting and just coming back because everything's got to have a name. Mm-hmm. That that's kind of this with with Flashpoint. We got to have everything, and here's all the things that were Flashpointy, just to make sure you know, like hey, here's Martha Joker. Like here's all the things you liked, and and that's just how I felt reading this. It, it felt corporate. I mean, I can't really argue with that. I mean, I, like, I don't understand why this exists yet. Like I say, I'm assuming there's going to be a plot point mm-hmm. by the end that they're going to get to with whatever the outcome of this is that feeds into either yeah. Dark Crisis or something related to Dark Crisis, and I that's mean, why it exists. And my and Marionette being motivated by their kid, right? There, there's a thread from Doomsday Clock still. Yeah. Unless this yeah. is purely something just John's wanted to do, but then if it is, it's weird that he le- left it to some co-writers after the first issue. Uh, yeah, I, I don't understand. Uh, so, yo, if Eclipso uh, shows up, I'm gonna lose it. <laughs> yeah, so I, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll read the next issue. It was easy enough to read. Yeah. So I'll, I'll read yeah, the next I'm one. Not, but not upset I read it. It was just you know it wasn't. I, I, I'm here. I I'm here for the bollocks at this point. I'm here <laughs> just to see what nonsense they do. No. If this if this had the co-writers on it, I'd be probably a little bit more easy on it. But because of John's, I had much bigger expectations. And again, expectations are on me. But again, when I go read John's and it's going to be something that plays with, with continuity and all this other stuff. And then it just kind of makes me remember stuff that I didn't like. It makes me sad. And I don't like to feel sad. I'd rather feel nothing than feel sad. I can help you with that. Yeah. Uh, sure. Just be dead inside. That's, that's the answer. Yeah. Uh, Matt, what are you giving Flashpoint Beyond Issue Zero? So this is the weird thing, because the art I, I do feel really is good, even though some of the stuff I don't like what's being drawn because it's just goofy. Um, I'll give it a six. Okay. Uh, Connor? Uh, it's a three. Yeah. I thought uh, it was terrible. I mean, I'm agreeing with the six. I, I think it's readable uh, it does feel like a, a kind of a why does this exist there's definitely things about it that don't really connect with me but from a kind of like let's just see what bullshit they do perspective i had a few chuckles along the way so uh there you go all right um superman son of kal-el issue I think window here. Where are we? <laughs> so, I was issue trying to 10. stall. I was trying to stall till I got the right tab back. Uh, Superman Son of Kel issue ten. Tom Taylor with seeing Termy on the on the art. So uh, pick it up. You know where we left off, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, um, I just, are... just, just. I know. I know this is not relevant to this book right now, but Tim Sheridan was the other co-writer on Flashpoint. It's in the uh, the advert at the start of this. Sheridan. That's right. Sure, Aye, I mean, this is split right. up on YouTube. The fact that, yeah, we, yeah, just, yeah. we took this yeah. tangent during the start of the, the book. Well, it's going to be smooth. For those loyal listeners who, who get the whole show. Or, uh, or we can just take it back to one and just reintroduce, and you can get the number right. <laughs> I already did that. I, I made a point of saying it properly in full after Connor already butchered my intro. 
So I butted your intro. Yeah, uh, yeah, you made it worse. Uh, okay. Yeah. So Superman, Son of Cal, issue ten. Tom Taylor and seeing Termy on the art. Uh, so that's pretty much kicked off where we're left, which is um, people are, you know, being afraid. told that John killed someone because uh, that's what it looked like. Uh, Lex mm-hmm. is making a speech. He's spreading all this propaganda, and John's still like, "Well, this, I don't like that I'm hearing this everywhere I go, but I still have to go and help people." So, and mm-hmm. anyway, he has this situation where he saves like a, a father and daughter, and the father's kind of being protective of his daughter, isn't very nice to John, but then the girl, after you know, Superman saves them, says, "No, I believe you, Superman," and he kind of says something nice to her, and it's just, it's a really sweet moment. Uh. That just sort of gives, I loved, gives you an example of him still being him. Yeah, I love this. He's he's trying to, you know, because this big old like pillar fell into this, what was it, a train station or something in, in Ireland. And he's trying to come up with a way to get the people out but without causing more damage because he doesn't want the spire to fall on them. And, you know, so he's coming up away. And, and then, you know, the dad is having an issue because he's believing the news. And then he tells the little girl, he's like, hey, put, you know, Put in a good word with your dad, or the girl tells him that. Can't quite remember. Uh, and I just thought again, these little human moments. Um, Taylor's really good at with John, because it's just like in that issue with with the the girl that got lost in the jungle, and and John helps her through. Um, he he's just he's really good at these these human moments. Yeah, it continues the connection with Dick, uh, who you know mm-hmm. having an oracle column, and I, I, I just would say I don't believe this is the real Dick Grayson. Why? He's not wearing a funky T-shirt. Uh, I I do love this whole vibe of them sitting there with the dog, watching mm-hmm. the news and being you know. And there's this th- one panel that has Dick and Babs on there, and they just feel like a power couple, but not without like, not in that way like you know Bruce and Selena do, but it just it feels real like they're your cool aunt and uncle, which I feel is the vibe that. Taylor wants him to have for John. Yeah, um, so so Lois uh, is at this conference where Lex is spouting <laughs> all this stuff and speaks up. Uh, Lex starts interacting with her, starts talking about her son, all the rest of it, and she's like, "No, there's someone you're you're helping frame my son." And uh, how about you prove that you believe what you're saying? And pulls out what looks like the lasso, the golden lasso. Mm-hmm. And obviously, this all builds up to something later where uh, it's not really the last. So she just painted a rope gold, but and she points out that she never actually said that's what it mm-hmm. was. She just let the implication. She she carry said, "Speak it. your truth while holding yep. it." So just the, the 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 illusion of truth and then this you know yellow rope. Yeah, it's just the right. implication. And and the fact that she knew that Luther would not take the bait on that. Right. Im- so imagine if Luther had called leaves, the bluff. Right. Yeah. I, but I still think, like, it would have been enough that, you know, but he didn't want to risk it. Um, and so I love that he leaves the podium and then she takes the podium. Like, it's such a great Lois move. Not, not for long, because like, one of his goons comes yeah. up to try and grab yeah. her. Which, you know, obviously one John, the rising. John comes swooping in uh, at that point. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, so uh, the other big thing in the issue, of course, is that John comes out to Lois uh, in the next scene. Um, mm-hmm. And she's, you know, she, she's just immediately cool with it. There's a big full page spread of her hugging him. 
and mm-hmm. like she kind of already had a guess uh because she's, she's suspected i actually yeah. really like though that uh he points out that you literally thought superman and clark kent were different people for years yeah and she's like yeah, shut yeah. up shut up you little bitch i've won politics since then yeah. <laughs> you shut up don't you point out the one but, stupid thing i did <laughs> yeah the, the Pulitzer simpson's up there with the she's bad at spelling despite being the world's greatest journalist yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, honestly, though, my favorite joke of the issue might be when Batman shows up and John's like, "Wait, I didn't see or hear you come in. How did you do that?" I'm Batman. That's not an adequate answer. <laughs> How did yeah, you do no, that? it's it's funnier because Lois says he's Batman. Yeah. Uh, true, true. Yeah, that, that is no way a satisfactory answer to my question. Yeah. Uh, I do. I mean, obviously, it's a little bit gimmicky. It's a little bit because Batman, but I do love the running gag that you know beings that have it's... superior strength, yeah. speed, senses, smell, sound. Somehow he still sticks up on them. Because Batman. Yeah. Because yeah. Batman. Well, and Lois I mean, just... Because it's played as a joke as well. It's not like saving it. the day and, you know, yeah. it's not a big solution to everything is all because of Batman. Yeah, no. But, and, and again, it's Lois selling it too. She's yeah. like, yeah, it's just something you get used to. It's kind of like Gordon. Yeah. I love the fact that, like, when you see Gordon not being used to it, like when he goes to talk to him and he's gone, you know, uh, but Lois is just used yeah, to it. This is basically just an evolution of, you know, Long Halloween where Gordon says to Dent, he does yeah. that, right? It's this basically yeah. the evolution yeah. of that. Uh, so, um, but yeah, and then they, they have to go because now they've pissed off Luther and Bendix and, you know, Lois, they know where Lois and him live. So they're huge targets. So we got to get you to the safe house. Yeah. And notably um, when John says, can Jay come with Batman says no. And you think mm-hmm. he's just been a, you know, a hard ass because it's, no, no, yeah. it's just, for, it's just a safe house for you too. But then when he gets on the jet, the final cliffhanger of the issue is like, I know who that, that boy is, that Jay, you can't trust him. Uh, so it's like, yeah. so Batman knows who he is, and for some reason does not think he should be associated with them. I'm not thrilled by this element. If I'm honest. So I think that the twi- knowing knowing I've read enough t- Taylor, right? And no, is that you know Bruce isn't old, right? And he doesn't trust that Jay is, you know, 100% about the truth. I suspect uh, that he he has done something that would make Batman mm-hmm. not like him, but ultimately, right. this is going to be a story of that he's still ultimately good by the end. Yeah, Which... and that he might be compromised because of who his mom is with with Kimura and whatnot. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't think there's gonna like survives. Thrilled about like I'm not concerned about the the resolution because I don't think it's mm-hmm. going to be that out there or weird. It's more just. The, I don't want a whole issue of Batman being like you can't trust him, and then John being all weird and you know, oh, you know, and, and you know, starting to doubt Jay, and we, uh, you know, that that part of the plot is just a bit tedious to me, and well, I, I well, kind of feel like I wish we hadn't gone down that road. I mean, it, it's up there with the you know Jay's mom being yeah, and uh, yeah, didn't, didn't enjoy it, that either. I actually it's part of that. Uh, I mean, the mo- I didn't like the mom thing. Like you know, I was on record of not liking that. I will yeah. say with this, I actually do kind of like it because I felt mm-hmm. Jay's been a little too good to be true this whole yeah. time. It feels a little bit too perfect. So I actually kind of appreciate that there is some sort of skeleton because mm-hmm. uh, I just feel there needs to be because right now he feels a little too just, oh, he's the perfect new friend who he's got romantic feelings for. and Which is fine. But then I kind of, at that point, if you, if you are going down that route, I would almost prefer it if it doesn't work out then because whatever it was, was actually quite bad and you know john doesn't trust him for that but but you know within two or three issues he'll it'll, it'll all be forgiven and everything will be back to normal and that's i mean we'll see it, what it is you're making a lot of yeah. assumptions as to I how am. this is going to go 
I am. Again, I Taylor has enough trust in me at this point that I feel like he's going to stick whatever landing, even though I didn't like the mom reveal. I, I, it's, I, it's still fine. Yeah, the mom reveal wasn't wasn't good. I still don't like that. But this, to me, worked at the end, partly because of what it just followed. The fact that it became right after Lois mm-hmm. kind of approving of the whole thing and making sure wanting to make sure Jay didn't feel uncomfortable with being out of the room. Uh, I think narratively and the way it was presented worked really well as a plot beat in this issue. I am not, you know, I trust Taylor enough at this point that I'm not mm-hmm. going to assume that he's going to mess this up by it by it not working. Um, yep. um, so I'm I'm in the same boat. Like you don't like this is John's first big relationship that we've seen, and I feel like you don't overly complicate it by oh Batman. Batman doesn't trust him, and I feel like John's at the point where he's like, "Well, I don't care what Batman thinks." I th- I, I Batman mean, I, can be wrong. I think he might care, yeah. but he's going to not believe him and try and convince him of otherwise. Yeah. And maybe part yeah. of the story is proving to Batman that he's wrong, mm-hmm. and that you know comes with it its own. Because e- yeah. even in this issue, like they almost sets up this idea that John will question things with Batman by mm-hmm. even questioning, "How did I not sense you coming in here? I don't like that. Right. That's fishy." Right. Uh, so, yeah. So, yeah. But yeah. Just to give well, some positivity into this. Yeah, no, I, I really like I that. Like, I, mean, I like most of the issue. I just don't really enjoy uh-huh. this last bit. And, and part of it is my assumptions of what is coming next, because what usually comes next, like I say, it'll be, he'll, he'll tell Batman that he's wrong, that of course he can trust him, but he'll go and see Jay, and there'll be just one or two little things that niggle, and he's like, oh, maybe there is something, and we'll have to go through, and it'll go through an issue, and then it'll all come out, and then it'll be like, oh, actually, it's, it's fine. I forgive yeah. you. I feel like Jay is using John as a means to an end, but I also feel like he the feelings are true. He just knows it. Yeah, it, it started that, that way, but it's not mm-hmm. what it is now. It'll be right. something like that. And, and, it's, yeah, yeah. and that's, that's comic book tropey relationshipy stuff. Like, it is, and that's why I'm not so. thrilled about it. That's it fine. feels and, a bit generic. Yeah, it, that doesn't bother me because of the bigger story he's telling with John being this symbol, right, like his father was, and that he's more worried about that and they're trying to break that trust by making him look like, oh, he sided with the monster and, you know, and he killed a guy and, you know, they're trying to break that. I'm much more invested in that side than John's personal, which, you know, that can get tropey, whatever, but that's, you know, just a smaller piece of this overall story. Yeah. I said there's a lot of assumptions being made right now and I don't know if I'd throw any of it under the bus until we actually see how the story plays out. Because we don't really know which which tactic he's going to take, um, but yeah, so yeah, uh, you know, the, the obviously the book looked good. Um, obviously it wasn't mm-hmm. redondo like the last issue, uh, so yeah. it, it was a slight step down in that case. But um, uh, yeah, uh, Tormy's Tormy's pretty good, and it it fits that the other artist that's been on the book. Yeah, too. yeah, yeah. I particularly enjoyed. Uh, you know, a lot of the facial expressions, I think, from Lois especially when she was tackling mm-hmm. with Lex, uh, and then the stuff with the the scenes with John and him coming out to her. Mm-hmm. I think those good expressions in those scenes that really worked with the kind of the intent of the the moments. There was a lot of personality coming off the characters, uh, especially Lois. I think in this issue. Yep. Um, so. as, as a longtime Lois fan, this is it's great that she had some spotlight in someone like Taylor uh, writing her. Uh, just because the the liveliness is there, and sometimes I feel like they people can totally miss Lois's voice by trying to write her too smart or too snappy, 
you know, and Taylor balances it enough. So, like, just the reveal, like, it wasn't, like, we all kind of knew it wasn't the actual Golden Lasso, but just the fact that she pulls it out and it's something that we could believe, uh, I just feel like it's such a great moment. All right. What are you giving the issue, Matt? Uh, this is an eight. Cool. Car? Uh, I'll give it a seven. Uh, I will give it uh, an eight myself. It's pretty good. Stop. Pretty good. What? You're making my. You're giving my my rating system, like uh, validation. Yeah, validation. <laughs> Is no. it possible Matt's learned to rate things properly over time without realizing it? No, because he gave this an eight. Self aware. No, that's the, that was the correct <laughs> score, Connor. You're you're the one who's wrong, dog. Uh, <laughs> Nothing has sounded more awkward coming out of his mouth than him calling uh, Connor it, dog. It's it so stupid. Well, I, I was going for the uh, the Sean Connor, you know, you're the man now, dog. Thing. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, that's what's in my head. I can't remember what movies that's from, but it's it's a famous quote. Uh, but yeah. All right. Batgirls, issue five. Becky Clooney and Michael Connor writing with Jorge Corona on the art. Uh, we're actually already over two hours on this show, so I'm going to speed through this a little bit, I think. Yeah. Um... So, Joe, you know, it's funny. Like, the first scene of this issue, I was like, "Oh, like uh, this feels like a bit of a chore. Uh, this is overly wordy. The annoying narration that's just too much is back. It's a car chase where the saints, you know, the the, the assassins and the mechs are coming after uh, the Batgirls. Uh, what is fun though is, is Babs kind of gets joins in the fight. Like she sort of comes in halfway through the scene on her bike, uh, and like the, you know, Steph and Cass are in the car that they've had for the last few issues. Uh, so it does turn out a fun action sequence, but it, it it was kind of in that messy vibe where I was like, and it felt like they'd kind of dealt with the saints by the end of the scene, and I'm like, these have been kind of dipping in and out of this book since issue one. It's kind of weird that they've always kind of felt like a secondary threat, and it's never really escalated beyond that. Uh, so I'm still feeling a little bit strange about that, but what I will say is that I did really enjoy where it went after that in the book. Which is, uh, aside from the fact that uh, Babs steals the robot dog and reprograms it, so she knows a robot dog uh, in the book. But uh, they're following coordinates because they're trying to figure out uh, where the, uh, the the villain is that they're, they're, they're after, uh, the, the graffiti artist. And then you've also got Dante, who they're going to discover they're connected. Uh, and we, we knew there was a connection in the last issue of some kind. Uh, it turns out that Dante's actually his old therapist from Arkham Asylum. Which is where Steph and Cass end up. They're following coordinates, uh, to you know trace where where he is and uh, where the signal's coming from. It's being broadcast, and they end up at the abandoned Arkham. And they reference the tower. They're like, wait, you know, why would anyone be here? I thought everyone got moved, and they have. It's you know, it's it's now this creepy old old abandoned building, which is an interesting version of Arkham, and in, in the sense that it's a very, it's a, I mean, it's a very classic you know story trope is having the big old abandoned mental hospital, but. Uh, it's one thing for that to now be Arkham because this it has been abandoned. So it's just kind of like we know the history of this place because it's been such a feature in Batman for decades and decades and decades. Uh, so that's kind of neat. Uh, but yeah, they discover this connection that the the, the, the the villains are connected. Babs is actually going to see this Dante guy, uh, not knowing that he is the main villain. But he he's got his mask on uh, with the name that he sort of gave himself. Like it was Spellbinder that he said his name was in the last issue. Uh, and does attack her uh, by the end of the issue. 
And we get, so there's a very horror movie set up by the end here where Steph and Cass are at the abandoned Arkham Asylum and uh, the main control stuff is like got the reporter and like an army of people. So they're basically zombies. And then the, the, the only part of the narration that I actually quite liked in this issue is that you know, Cass jumps down. It's a great uh, sort of like really big panel of her jumping with her wings spread out down to this horde of what is essentially zombies. Not zombies you can kill because they're, you know, they're just mind controlled. They're, they can be brought back. But um, the narration talks about how Cass, like anyone else would compare this to a zombie movie, but Cass can't because she's never seen one. Uh, but it, it points out in exactly three weeks, Cass will watch Night of the Living Dead for the first time and she's going to love it. <laughs> and then you turn to the next scene and Babs is there. And I thought it was really weird they didn't make a joke about Barbara. Because that's you know the famous line from Night of the Living Dead is we're coming to get you, Barbara. Um, I wonder if they'll maybe do that, pay that off next issue with someone saying that. I don't know. Uh, but yeah. Uh, so yeah, Spellbinders got Barbara at the end of the issue while Steph and Cass are dealing with this this main control zombie horde at the abandoned Arkham. Um, yeah, I really liked the back half of the issue. I think once it got into it and it was the investigation, it was going through the creepy Arkham Asylum. It was all that stuff. I was I got more into because it, it, you know it it slowed down, it simplified, and it it kind of just focused on one specific thing, which is kind of the problem this book's had is it had a couple of too many side plots just running alongside everything else. So once it got that first scene out of the way, I was way more into it. Uh, I will say, Cass does feel like her voice; she's a little bit too talky at times. Um, you know, she's I think when Bab shows up on her motorbike, she says, "Hey, boss, nice bike." Which felt like a very uncast like sentence to me. Uh, you just say nice bike. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think casting hey boss is actually the problem mm-hmm. I have with it. It just feels yeah. weird for her to say hey boss. Um but at the same time it doesn't acknowledge her her past with her, you know, lack or her, you know, less talkative self because uh, she tells someone else she they talk too much. In fact, it's actually the page where she's jumping down and her wings are spread out. Uh which is a really fun line coming from Cass because, you know, obviously she's known for being silent. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I was I was into the issue quite a bit once it got into the main stuff past that first part, and I do still think it's kind of weird that the saints, which the narration promises it's not the end of them, but they basically defeat the saints and prove that Simon Saint's actually dead, and it's actually the seer who's been tricking you into thinking you that Simon Saint's giving you orders, and as a result, uh, I was like, oh, that's weird because these were set up by the end of first issue. We've seen them a few times throughout the, the book's run so far, and now they're taken care of in the opening scene. And part of me was relieved, because, like, okay, that's over now, but part of me also felt like, well, it's kind of weird they didn't get focused on for a whole issue t- t- until they got defeated, so that was a bit weird. But, uh, they also, but also the narration's pr- promising that they're going to be back in some form, so I don't know what to make of it. Maybe this will click together a little bit better as it goes. Um, But, yeah. So I will say I was a little worried about reading this issue because these these issues have been a bit wordy, the narration's been a bit overbearing, uh, but there are definitely sequences in here that do go a bit more quiet, which I appreciated. And like I say, two thirds of the book quite enjoyed. First third was a bit haphazard and a bit too much going on, uh, but that's been kind of the story of this book since it started, pretty much. Um, it's just a case of like, can can we enjoy where the plot's going and. You know, for the most part, I am, but uh, yeah, you, you probably could have saved the saint stuff and the serial killer stuff till later and tried to tighten up and just 
you know, streamline what these first this first arc has been up until this point. Uh, are still very good. Uh, there is the odd, one or two odd faces, but the stylized, angular uh, designs and the, the line work uh, do give it a very distinctive sort of punk, sort of pulpy vibe, uh, which has been consistent throughout the whole book because it's been Corona and all the issues. Actually, bit barring maybe one, but it's been mostly Corona. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm happy to give this a, a solid seven. I think in the end, which I didn't think I was, and when I was reading the start of it, I thought the first few pages, I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm into this, and then it kind of won me over by the end, which was nice. So it's always good when that happens. Uh, so yeah, go ask Batgirls. All right, Batman Urban Legends issue fourteen. Matt read this. Yep. So speed round um here we here we go so the first story is the batman zatanna constantine and um basically these beings are they're creatures throughout time and they they come right as a civilization's getting ready to fall so like they they corrupted nero and helped led to the fall of rome um and um that by zatanna and and Bruce doing their little ritual. Um, they trying to get back through this issue. Um, they were freed again and they're looking for these forms that can be, um, you know, that'll give them the most, uh, freedom. And so Bruce realizes, um, that you can't fight them. So he, um, basically, from the time that where's it at? One of them says that fall for that again. That they're just delaying the uh, inevitable. They don't even know where the lock is to insert the key. So basically, Bruce sacrifices himself and gets sent to a realm uh, like Constantine did, which is like this. Um, they call it the in between. Um, he ends up there. He's in the shade of Seneca Village, uh, where he meets Constantine and the dog that got uh, consumed earlier. Um, and that the key is somewhere there. So now him and Constantine have to find this while Zatanna keeps the two beings at bay as she's fading in and out of reality, which is cool because the art, you know, makes her transparent and see through. Um, we also get that these two, the last time these two beings were around was in Point Pleasant, West Virginia in 67, which does make them the, the Mothman creatures. And we see uh, the Doctor Fate of that time um, basically destroying the bridge, which is this famous bridge collapse that happened back then. Um, and uh, so I thought that was pretty cool. Um, but that was, uh, at that same time, we see uh, when they got banished by fate, we see Bruce and Zatanna running through that, um, running down that forest from the first issue, um, and uh, they the the beings infected, or at least one of the beings infected this grandma that was taking her daughter about. Um, so it, it shows how it's tied to what they had done, um, but yeah, so Zatanna has to, uh, you know. Keep them occupied while Bruce and um, while Bruce and Constantine figure out where to put this, and uh, it ends up it ends with Bruce being able to see the world through 
uh, the most recent host. Uh, and yeah, this one was called Band Our Will. Uh, the art by Nicola, oh man, Ch Chemeshia is, is really the highlight. <laughs> I was going to be, gonna be yeah. a dick and say Scott, Matt. It's pronounced Scott. No, it's not Nicola <laughs> Scott because I would have been going leaps and bounds over. Uh, but it's a very interesting story, which is, you know, seeing the whole Mothman and, and how magic works. I'm reading Department of Truth right now, too. And I just got to how the one guy in the Department of Truth explains how magic works. So I just think it's so funny. Good. Yeah, just I think it's funny how reading that with this around the same time um, and they're using a, a, essentially the same, you know, the whole idea of symbols and symbols equal magic. And if you can read the symbols, you're a magician. Uh, how all of this works with that. It's just it's real fun. But, but yeah, um, the, the second story is a question story called right answer wrong question um and it's this is the question operating in gotham uh he's investigating bruce wayne because there's uh, stuff going on at wayne enterprises that's not lining up um and that bruce wayne has to be in on it because he oversees everything which you know batman starts he goes on to this uh case with um with vic to to find out everything and that in it, uh, as they're investigating it, the question, you know, tells him that, you know, he, or Bruce tells the question that he's he's going off the wrong way. He's like, how do you know? And he reveals himself to, to be Bruce, which he tells him it all checks out because if you're paying attention, you know, you would notice that Bruce Wayne is tied intricately to, to Bruce Wayne or Bruce Wayne's tied to Batman. Um, and that, you know, he's been asking the wrong question. So it ends with, you know, him writing in the notebook that he had suspicions that Batman's Bruce Wayne, but also that he can be trusted and that Batman is exactly who you think that he is. And there's there's through lines of like what makes a conspiracy and what, you know, you know, you know, you got another questions to find out the mystery and whatnot. And it was OK. Um, uh, it just only feels like. Like it might have been better somewhere else instead of Urban Legends, just because it, you know, it kind of felt like a filler, I guess. Um, but it's always cool to see the question, right? Uh, the third story is called Memory Lane, and it's the new Birds of Prey. I didn't like this that much. This involves uh, Shiva and Katana and getting someone named uh, Ghost. And this all feels familiar, which I, but I can't quite put a finger on it. Um, but basically, Shiva is trying to. There's this. There's this app that lets you relive your memories in like, uh, kind of what I would assume is like danger room technology. It uh, you know makes your your memories come to life, um, and that you know Shiva. I'm trying to find the thread on this. That um. Shiva wants to figure out how they got this technology to work because it shouldn't exist. Um, and because it, it involves a, a person that, uh, where's he at? Um, it involves a, a guy that can pull your dreams and your memories out and make them come to life. And that, you know, that person shouldn't exist anymore. They got put into Arkham so long ago. Uh, it's just it's weird Shiva trying to take the lead here, and a lot of it is 
Shiva and Katana butting heads. Uh, they they recruit Miracle Molly because you know with her stuff with the Insanity Collective, um, with the key through the technology, they can end up doing this. But um, as they get close to this house that's in Gotham City Park, it looks like this old shack. But judging off of the you know the maps of the area, it's a lot bigger. Um, so something's not afoot. But Shiva gets attacked by what looks like the memory of Cassandra, um, but only she can see her. So it's this Batgirl Shiva kind of fight scene where uh, uh, Batgirl, you know, puts her down, um, which then angers Shiva. So they go into this house where this character um, that can bring your memories back to life is sitting. Uh, and that's where it ends. I, I don't know why they call this Birds of Prey. Do you guys remember... The Shiva and Birds of Prey thread coming. I remember, I, them, like... I remember them announcing it. I don't know if I remember. Yeah, I remember this being okay. in the solicits. I don't remember anything past gotcha. that. Gotcha. But yeah, just Shiva and Katana, I, I like that dynamic, but I wouldn't call this a Birds of Prey, right? Because I feel like to be birds, you need at least Huntress or Canary or Babs. I, if I remember rightly, Katana was in the New 52 Birds of Prey, just for a yeah. strenuous connection. Yeah, but so yeah, and they're investigating stuff. But at and it's... that point, it's closer to an outsiders team, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. So... Shiva was a pretty typical birds of prey villain, right? Right, right, and that's what I'm saying. Like, if that's the one tie, and I get having like an all lady team, but that doesn't necessarily make it birds of prey. You know, like this is just a all ladies outsiders team more than birds. But yeah, just overall, the story was it was fine. It's like. We've seen this kind of stuff before, the stuff with the memories and it being weaponized and, you know. Um, but then we get to the main event, which is the one story that I keep reading Urban Legends for. And this is the Mark Russell, Carl Mostert, Ace story. And uh, it starts off with two, two of the guys that work for the, the Russians. They're in a warehouse district and talking about how Gotham started as a port town. And that, you know, the whole reason that the criminal element might exist in Gotham now is because of, of these warehouses. Um, just because of, you know, at these port towns, you need somewhere to keep all the stuff. And when people know where you keep the stuff, you know, that that allows um, that allows all the crime to come up, you know, and it's just basically, you know, Gotham was always meant to be this. And so it goes in with that theme that like. You know, Ace was was brought up to be this this mean attack dog, and that's all he's meant to be. Um, so of course these guys believe that the, that was all Gotham was meant to be. That you know Batman and the Bat family are having this losing fight. Um, but it, they bring Batman in uh, to the auction, and you see in this auction house in this warehouse, there's a cage fight going on um, between two people. And just like basically most villains in Gotham, you could think of her here. You got Riddler and Two-Face, and I can see Atomic Skull, Mr. Freeze, Bane, Kite Man, um, who talks about him not being able to have his kite. You know, he feels naked without it. Um, Calendar Man, Croc, Penguin, um, Bane commenting on the... Uh, the fight that's going on where it looks like one guy has a knife and another has a pipe. And he's like, Oh, lead pipes reminds me of Pen Penadora, you know? Um, 
and back in the 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 club the the you know the they're not the super pets but they're super pet adjacent i guess they, this would be aces outsiders um they're looking for batman and they find uh aces uh his harness that he wears it has like all the utility stuff on it uh and they find the bear's collar uh, which reminds her of, of one of her last jobs where the villain um, made made her attack someone that owed him money. But there's also this this, you know, he talks about while while uh, why bears are the 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 symbol of, of Russia and whatnot. And that, you know, they, you know, um, he talks about that. um Bears were were the symbol of this Greece, of this um, small town in Siberia. But at the end of the day, it was just pig fat. And that, you know, by putting a bear on it, it made them feel, you know, bigger than they were. And they were able to turn that into their strength, Um, which, again, is this whole thing of, you know, who you really are and, you know, if you can change or not. the Aces Outsiders steal some pizza from these two henchmen. Uh, that's real funny. Um, and then the the main bad guy shows up, Mr. Tarkov. Uh, they have Batman in between two electromagnets to make sure that there's no more funny business. Because, you know, when they try to, you know, pull off his mask, he had the gas and the electricity hit. Um, and that, you know, now that he doesn't, you know, he doesn't want Batman to struggle anymore because whoever he sells him to, I'm sure, is going to want that more. Um, they go to do the, uh, the auction and all the villains are there. Um, Riddler wants to know he has a riddle for the auctioner. What kind of auction house doesn't serve sandwiches? So again, it's some more of that Mark Russell livening the mood. Um, in that, uh, the Mr. Tarkov brings up the, how life is like a casino and, you know, cause everything's a gamble in life and that the, um, only thing that's true is there can only be one winner. Um, and that he brings up how the the two guys that are fighting are fighting because he takes money off of their their debt. But um, one of the guys asked him, "Well, how much does does the other guy owe? Has has anyone ever gotten out of debt by this fight?" He goes, "Oh yeah, the guy with the pipe. He, he's been in here three times, you know. But he gets addicted to winning. Um, as this is going on." The the Aces Outsider group um, realize that that uh, Bruce isn't there, and so they get uh, attacked by some of the henchmen. Um, they're gonna train Ace in the the turtle that they were trying to get into the Speed Force. Um, he takes a takes a bullet off of his shell, not a bullet, but like a trank for Ace, which then uh, gets him to tap into the Speed Force. And so you have this turtle that starts coming up uh, on the henchmen, and he takes them out. Um, Ace gets attacked by Lex Luthor, the, you know, Lex's dog um, that went back. Um, But then the bear intervenes, and she ends up sacrificing herself uh, so the rest of the, you know, Ace's team can get out. So she gets trained and gets, you know, taken back in the van. Um... And then it, you know, they get to to Bruce and they're talking about how um, the this old story from Russia 
that the the king was super sick, but the only the only thing that could that save him was the the happy man's uh, shirt. So they scoured the entire kingdom, and when the knight, you know, heard laughing from this hut, they they found the the one guy that was happy, but he didn't own a shirt because he was so poor. So, um, you know, all his all was, was lost, all bedridden old kings wishing only to be cured, but there is no cure. And so it's just kind of a very Russian story of, of you know, um, that's very desolate. So uh, the, the squirrel, Ace, the turtle, and the, the chicken, the robo chicken, um, Ace is sending out a howl as the bear is taken away, but the squirrel stole from the henchmen, their wallet. And so they find that um, where they're going is the Gotham toxic uh, storage. So uh, this was part four of, of six. And the next tease is the puppy and the Joker. So I'm sure we're going to get Ace's entire origin. And I'm sure it's going to break me. But um, I hope this story gets put out in a trade just by itself. Because I feel this is something that everyone should be reading right now. It's really one of my favorite Mark Russell things he's ever done. And just it's basically a story of perseverance and trust and that Bruce put trust in this dog that no one else would have. And now it's going to be, you know, him teaching these other animals that shouldn't trust humans, that they're not all bad and that they, they have each other. It's just it's really heartwarming, despite having these really dark and, you know, desolate moments. But yeah, so that that story is like an 8.5 out of 10, but the rest I, I, I can't. So I guess as a whole, I'd give the book a 6.5. But really, that last story is doing a lot of the heavy lifting. All right. Cool. Um, Batman, Catwoman, issue 11, Tom King and Clay Mann. So, an ultimate issue of this. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been on kind of a weird ground. It's been kind of hard to remember some of the plot beats from issue to issue because there's been like more delays. Because the last I checked, the last issue was uh, two months ago, right? So we skipped them. Yeah. Um, and having the three timelines and having kind of the disjointed like storytelling order is making it really kind of tough to keep track of. I, I would also say that the last issue felt kind of a bit weird in how it kind of made me feel about the Selena. It kind of made it a little bit unlikable, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, this issue doesn't have that problem per se. This issue yeah. is, a, is a little bit more straightforward once it gets going, but I did have a hard time at first trying to like okay, where are we in each of these timelines? And, yeah. you know, it's, it's weird having scenes with Phantasm again, you know, Andrea again, when mm-hmm. we haven't seen her in, like, four issues, and it's like, oh, now it's revealing kind of, like, part of her story that they've kind of glossed over to this point, which is that she commits suicide because yeah. of what she ultimately did to this family, whose child she mm-hmm. kind of unknowingly took. She thought she was just taking, like, an orphan, uh, but it was, it was like, a kid that the Joker Not- stole from a family. Not just any orphan. She's led to believe that it's Joker's kid. Yeah, she thinks she's like... And that Yeah. She the reason she takes the kid is because she's like, well, the Joker can't raise this kid. I'll give it a better chance. And then, you know, she realizes what she's done. And, and yeah, it was just... Trying to keep track of all of these timelines and where we're at, like, it's a little bit easier. It's just the, the modern, you know, because the, the past stuff is, you know... Not not too tough. In the future, we have you know Helena and her mom, you know, and and her whole argument with Dick in this one, I I really did enjoy. Um, but yeah, the the stuff with the Phantasm and the Joker and 
it just, I don't know, it, it didn't land for me. Because like Pete said, we've been like four issues without Phantasm. So like her just popping back up, I don't know. It just, it, it's very unbalanced. Yeah, with very little kind of fanfare or like mm-hmm. as if she has been missing. I don't know, it, just, it yeah. felt a bit weird to me. Um, mm-hmm. At least this time, I didn't have the problem where the the, the mid the midpoint story and the the, the earliest yeah. story were con- confusing and swapping. Yeah. Like at least that mm-hmm. wasn't a problem this time because the mid story was all yeah. phantasm. But yeah, uh, like the, the stuff, uh, you know, because because and the, the the stuff in the past was fine. It was Catwoman finally giving in, saying to Batman, "I got you a Christmas present. I'm going to take you to mm-hmm. see Joker," uh, which followed on from an, an introduction with Riddler where. She was going to not like tell him where Riddler was hiding, but then Riddler mm-hmm. wouldn't stop, sh- you know, talking about how good his riddle was. It's like, do you not get it? it do you not get the riddle I told you? He's, he's sitting in the dumpster. So what I'm really realizing is Tom King really likes writing the Joker and or the Joker, Riddler and Catwoman playing off of each other, because between this and Killing Time, I feel like he just has a whole lot of fun with yeah. those two personalities. And this one, it it really did make me laugh. Him, him sitting, no, it was not funny, being able, yeah. yeah, not being able to hold himself. Like, no, he has to tell her why this is so good. Yeah, why the riddle is uh, that great? Yes. Yeah. Uh, so and there's some great art here. Obviously, Selena, like sitting on the dumpster, is quite mm-hmm. you know seductive or yeah. sultry as she usually is. The yeah. full page of Batman, like standing there with the Batmobile behind him, is is pretty gorgeous. Like, yeah. it is constantly a very very pretty book. Um, mm-hmm. uh, the, the, even the stuff of Phantasm has this has this weight to it right there's a lot of shadows yeah when when you see her in in full and that and it works kind of missing because there was one or two yeah. issues that it wasn't man and then there was one that it was they felt mm-hmm. kind of rushed this kind of feels like it's back yep. to just full on like mm-hmm. this is the the, the, the top tier quality of of man the entire time yeah uh yep. like the full page where uh andrea is like taking off her mask and she's holding the baby like that's a yep. great page like you know yeah. like it's just With, and her the coloring too because the the you know the phantasm's all gray, but her hair really sticks out against it. Yeah, yeah. You know the, that that ginger flourish, if you will. Yeah. Uh, you know. Uh, so it, you know, and you've you've got old woman Selena and Helena bonding. Helena, mm-hmm. you know, saying she doesn't know where Selena is to deck and like sort of telling them to get the mm-hmm. hell out of the Batcave, uh, and then having a heart to heart with Selena, which is mm-hmm. like a, kind of a contrast to what the last issue was. But the the first time Bruce ever dressed up for Halloween. Uh, which I have a hard time believing, but was was for Helena, and he's dressed as Superman. Well, the first it, time he dressed up for Halloween yeah. as an adult, as a father, I assume. He, that's what I mean, but, like, I have the hard time not fully, like, I mean, I guess maybe, but even for, for the Robins, you don't think he ever, you know, I don't I know. I mean, I'm sure there's probably some sort of annual somewhere where they did that yeah. as, a, as a fun issue, but... But I, I, the whole idea of, of him changing because of his daughter, you know, like... I, and, I can I can buy the idea that Bruce Wayne, once he became an adult, that he never mm-hmm. cared about dressing up for Halloween until he had a daughter mm-hmm. who was old enough who would appreciate yeah. him dressing up for Halloween. And, yeah, it's, a, well, and, it, and it's a nice reference to the uh, the yeah. fairground issue of Superman mm-hmm. because that's what it references. It references that right. he dressed up as Superman because he actually like remembered doing it for that. Right. Yeah. And so I I do like that little moment that you know, and that's one of her cherished memories with her dad. Um, but yeah, because all that stuff really worked for me. Uh, the Helena and Selena stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of a weird point in the book now. I, I really think the, the, the shipping schedules hurt it. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that the the very dense and like constantly like moving of three timelines has made mm-hmm. it difficult to kind of keep track of. Even even on a monthly schedule, I think it would be a little difficult. Never mind mm-hmm. all of the extra delays. So it's probably going to read better in trade, uh, which is interesting. I do think some of the complaints from last issue were very much different. Were very objective and less to do with how it was presented. That was about characterization. Uh, this issue doesn't have that problem, so this kind of feels like back to the form of the previous few issues, but still maybe a little bit burdened with the format of which the story's yeah. taking place. So, uh, great art though, and there are some moments that kind of work. So, yeah, I, I, I don't know what I'm ultimately saying here, except that it's, it's kind of yeah. all right, but still definitely much, much less than um, all of Tom King's other current books. Yeah, I'm ready for the last issue to come out. So we can we can be done with it. Well, luckily for you, uh, that's next. <laughs> yes, I know, and and I still do like the whole Christmas theme because they, they keep working the song in. That's the title, um, and still, you know, just the original premise where it felt like a Christmas Carol through Batman, you know, with the it, three different timelines. It's, and it's whatnot. so funny that uh, you know it was meant to go for a year, so presumably yeah. it was going to start and end around Christmas season, but. Mm. But it's went a year and a half because of all the delays, yep. so we're going to be having the last issue in like early summer, really? which is just really Christ- weird. Christmas in July, you know. Yeah, so it's kind of yeah. weird and but unfortunate, yeah. but it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, what are you giving Batman Catwoman, Matt? Uh, Seven point five. Seven point five. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think that's. I'll, I'll probably just go with a straight seven. I think, but yeah, that's that sounds about fair. Um, but there you go. So cool. Uh, so then we go Naomi, season mm-hmm. two, issue two. Uh, this is Bendis. Uh, oh Walker. yeah. Oh, sorry. Yes, the creative team is Brian yeah. Michael Bendis yeah. and David F. Walker with Jamal Campbell on the art. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is pretty solid issue, honestly. Like, yeah. I, I think it's. I, I keep coming into these Naomi issues, kind of dreading because Bendis has been in such a shit streak. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, we have a crutch and that, that crutch to hold it up. Not a crutch. We have, we have something that stabilizes and I feel that's Walker. Um, Possibly, I feel like yeah. he, he really focuses it. However, I have a, all the stuff that Naomi's been through since she's been mm-hmm. introduced as a character is only meant to happen in two weeks. Yes. That's a hell of a two weeks. Well, well, what's funny about it though, is if you haven't read justice league and you haven't read yeah. all the other stuff that was supposed to happen, it does work mm-hmm. because yeah, you know, this, this, so there's a flashback scene at the start of this issue, which is meant to be, like, when she first went to go see the Justice League after getting her powers, mm-hmm. and, like, uh, characters, you know, Black Canary's introducing herself to her, and uh, Atom's doing some tests, Batman's mm-hmm. been all, oh, you've got powers now, congratulations, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, I think what's neat about this scene is that this, just for me, says, I didn't need to read Justice League. Everything I needed about her interactions with the Justice League happened in this, like, three pages. Right here. Yep. And what's so fun about it is that it sets up the theme of the issue, which is the idea that people she knows and cares about will treat her differently now because she has powers. You know, yeah. even if they don't mean to, and so, for some people, it'll make the, make the connection stronger because they're going to yeah. bond over it and they're going to be there for her even in like this new change. But for mm-hmm. some people, it's going to make the relationships tougher. And then, of course, the ongoing thing over this issue is is her relationship with her father deteriorating because she's so different now and can they still connect? And obviously yeah. by the end it's hopeful because he admits that he's not handling it well and it seems yeah. like, okay, they're going to work this through, they're going to like get to a better place, but... Yeah. I love when, because when, they go and they investigate, she ends up running into him at these 
um, garage, and they bump in. He does the whole dad that he's pissed off, and then they have to get out of there because the police show up, and she flies him out. And just the irrational anger he has with her picking him up, like, not quite that it's emasculation, but him as a dad realizing, you know, that his kid has powers, uh, despite him being from Rand and, and whatnot. Um, I, I really love that whole section just because it felt so real. Just the whole parent kid dynamic and him realizing that his, you know, like she's 17. It makes it very clear in the beginning that that's not his little kid anymore and that she can do stuff, you know, to help him. I, I really loved all that subtext. Oh yeah, because yeah, obviously we had the cliffhanger last issue. So when we come back to present day, that there's they're both snooping around mm -hmm. in the mechanics place and these place, mm -hmm. and obviously there's a big plot point here. But just like when they have to run away because the police show up and she flies him out, he gets like you know, in the same mm -hmm. way that Batman gets kind of pissed when Superman picks him up. This yeah. was very much like, don't you ever pick me up again? Never yeah. do that. Like never manhandle me. And she's like, but but, but dad, I just like, no never. Yeah. So yeah. uh, clearly he's he's dealing with some issues, but he does react very strongly to this like pin. She picks up this pin mm -hmm. that belonged to D, this Thanagarian badge of some kind, and he reacts to it and he's like, you know what, you're not ready to hear what that is, and we're not talking about it. And it's when she's talking to her friend where she's like, wait a minute, I know Hot Girl, <laughs> I can go speak to I know Hot a Girl. Thanagarian. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know a Thanagarian. And so I love that too, just the smash cut of her. It smash cuts to her, you know, Hawkwoman in her face. Be like, where did you get that? And then yeah. Hawkwoman calming down and be like, hey, let me just tell you, that's a very bad symbol. Yeah, she, she basically compares it to the Gestapo and she's like, oh, yeah. wait, oh, that's that bad? And then when she brings it up to her dad, when yeah. she sees him and they have the heart to heart, yeah. uh, it, it, she sort of like summarizes what Hawkwoman told her, which is, mm -hmm. oh, yeah, something about how the Black Guard on Thanagar and this was like during the war and they, they, mm -hmm. they were doing all the really bad stuff. And that's why obviously he, as a, you know, as a yeah. ran. Ranian. Right, he's Iranian. Yeah, uh, that's, that's the word. And then it also shows, too, of about how important they bonded over this girl when she came, right? Because it, those two were in mid-war, right? The Ranthanagar Holy War, they bring that up. But they, they stop fighting to, you know, make sure this little girl has a home. Um, so, yeah, it just shows Dee's character there, too, that I, I do like. Uh, so, and then, the you know, her talking to her friend, I just want to go back to that whole scene. That entire two-page spread is so beautiful. Oh, the sure, way yeah. that, that Campbell does the colors. I, I specifically looked, and he's only listed as the artist. So you, he's doing the colors and the pencils and the inks and everything. Oh, yeah. Just the, the way that the sunset hits with the yellows, the pinks, oranges. But, like, the story tells, you know, it's not just the words, but the tone. And all the colors match. Because I went back and looked through it again, not reading anything. Mm -hmm. And you can tell the tone of the scene just by the colors being used. Oh, for sure. Like, I really like that, you know, I love the fact that Hot Woman takes her helmet off and she's like, wait, I never mm -hmm. saw you wear a helmet off. Wait, your name's Kendra? You have a yeah. name? It's Kendra? <laughs> but mm -hmm. I love... After that scene when she goes back and sees her dad and he's sitting in the, the garage and he's he's painting his little models and it's, yep. you know, it's the, the, the color tone is, you know, very muted purples. It's yep. like, it's much calmer, it's much more serene and peaceful. And mm -hmm. it's like okay, like, you know, I'm not handling this very well. Like, please bear with me. Like, I'm trying. And they have this, you know, nice moment. Uh, but, yeah. So, at uh, the end of the issue, Naomi, like, can't sleep. So she flies out. 
basically says, okay, how does Superman find Superman things to do? And just looks at Twitter or something. It's like, okay, there's people to go save here. And we even get to see her, like, fighting a couple of random, like, you know, I think, you know, Cyborg Superman's in there. Yeah. Uh, Grundy's here fighting for a moment. Uh, and she ends up at Star Labs, and she tries to ask, like, you know, you know what happened here, and you know it looks like some someone, possibly Thanagarian, possibly D, although it may be a red herring, it may not be him, but right. someone looking very Thanagarian uh, attacked them and demanded that Star Labs use their their portal uh, to send them Just, somewhere, mm-hmm. and uh, she, the police aren't happy that Naomi's asking questions, but she flies up yeah. to the window. Uh, gets the, the the portal turned on, and the cliffhanger is is that Cyborg sticks his head out of the portal and says, "No, close the portal now." So yeah, that should be cliffhanger. Yep, yep. Uh, um, so yeah, I, no, I I love the relationship stuff with the dad. Like I I wasn't necessarily feeling the initial like, okay, why are they both here? I wasn't, I didn't really care that much. Mm-hmm. But once yeah. it became about okay, what this pen is, what it means, why he's reacting strongly to it, and then the the idea that Kendra. Be, you know, being a Thanagarian, react strongly to this. This is not just because yeah. he's from Ran and he's, like, seen it as the enemy. Even Kendra's right. like, no, no, that's a dark part of my planet's history. I don't want... This is serious. Yeah. Like, we don't want to do that again. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, so I like that. It really sold the severity of it, and it made you think, oh, geez, D might be into some really bad shit, or has a really dark past. So... Yeah. I, I like yeah. that build, and uh, just the, the, the general theme of and I think it's important that after that first scene with Naomi hearing, oh, your relationships are going to change, yeah. that obviously sets up this backdrop for everything with her father and all those conversations. Yeah. But it also sets up that scene where she's with her friend at the sunset and mm-hmm. they're talking about what she should do and her friend's cracking jokes about... Because Naomi says, oh, yeah, you know, I, I you know, I just got back from another planet. or so, so it's yeah. like, oh, those, those are normal things to say, yeah. Uh-huh. Just get back from another planet and like... Yeah. So, and her friend's super cool about it though too. Like she's just like, oh yeah, yeah. my best friend's a superhero now. Uh, so, so, but that's why I think so smart about the issue is that sometimes you get these little flashbacks and they feel kind mm-hmm. of superfluous. This yep. didn't because it set up the theme of the issue, which is how people yeah. are going to react to her. you know people in her life will mm-hmm. react now that she's different. And then the rest of the issue gave you multiple examples of like people yeah. around her treating her. So. I also, I also feel like that director was the same director from the Young Justice issues. Where Naomi was there when they went back to Gym World and whatnot. So I thought that was another smart thing because it felt like that the director of Star Labs was irritated to see Naomi there. And mm-hmm. you know, if you read that you can understand why, but it just seemed like here it was just, oh, another superhero, you know, after a break in. But I feel like they were the same, which I thought was a fun nod to that too. Um but yeah, no, this was I I Naomi by herself, great. Yeah, I, I still have good feelings. Yeah, and I, I'm also speculating that the D went off to her home world to try and take out the villain, uh, whatever mm-hmm. his name was, Zambada. Yeah, Zambado. Zambado, yeah. Because uh, it kind of hinted at that, but mm-hmm. uh, curious to see. Curious to see uh, where, they, where they go with it. Uh, but if they really delve into like, some of the dark shit that happened during this war and why like D is kind of from a villainous group mm-hmm. of Thanagarians, like, that'd be really interesting to go down. Oh, and, and why he didn't go back to them. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, maybe he saw. You know, he wanted to turn over a new leaf. He didn't. He yeah. wanted, didn't want to go back to that specifically. He didn't want to be this bad person anymore. He right. realized. You know, he realized he was one of the baddies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to, to use and the so uh, he stayed. The... He stayed on Earth and became a motorcycle mechanic. Yeah, you know that kept an eye on this girl, and you know uh, is going to be. You know, who knows what Zabata's going to do? Because we know he's a bad mm-hmm. dude. So, 
But that's the thing about Thanagarians. You just give them something heavy to swing, and they'll they'll make do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I also thought Cora fell asleep there for a second until I started <laughs> moving again. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So yeah, no mention two is pretty good. Uh, solid, yeah. solid stuff. Uh, Matt, what are you giving it? Uh, eight point five. Eight point five. Very good. Where's my tab? There is. Uh, yeah, I'll probably. Yeah, honestly, yeah, eight point five. Yeah, I agree with that. I was great. A lot of that, that. The, a lot of that, the art too. Yeah, oh, the art's really good. Yeah, the art, yeah. the art's elevating it for sure. Uh, yeah. I mean, the, the the characterization is really solid, but because uh, I I would say that I care a lot more about the characterization and the character drama than I do the plot. If that makes sense, yep. you know, because nope, like, oh, she, you know, she's going to eventually go and fight some battle or whatever. I don't really care about that that much. Yeah. It's more about the personal relationships that I'm enjoying. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah, good. Uh, all right. Uh, Sandman Universe Nightmare Country issue one. Uh, Connor read this. I, I as did I. Oh, uh, Matt read this too. But there he's been quiet for too long, so he can take the lead. Oh, you can start. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> did you not read it, Pete? No. Why not? Because I was tired. And I can't bear reading another book. <laughs> Just say time. So let's let's move on. Let's let's go. That's yeah, uh, shame. Uh, it was kind uh, of time as well, but it was just, yeah. yeah. No, I'm gonna um, shame him. I'm gonna shame him for, for you know not reading so, the good books. So, I don't know anything about the Sandman except uh, about Dream and Death, right? I, like I know about Morpheus. That's, turns out that's kind of all you really need for this. Issue. Yeah, right. and and I know about uh, Death being you know this emo you know goth chick. Yep. You know as we say emo today, um, and, and that's really it. Like I've been told, I need to read it. Um, mm-hmm. And then I got a message from Connor saying, "Like, hey, you just need to know about the Corinthian, which he told me about last week, right? When we were going over. Um, but this is mostly a standalone tie-in like it would i'm sure if you are up to date with with all the sandman dreaming stuff it, it's even better but being someone that's not at all this just came out like a tie-in horror book yeah there's there's definitely like it's in that world it has the corinthian there's there's a little bit explaining the corinthian's backstory mm-hmm. and his creation yeah. by dream uh in a wonderful sequence uh by other than that, it basically just feels like a standalone tiny and horror book. It which gave means me it's vibes. Fantastic. Yeah, it gave me vibes of the new Candyman. And it might just be because I've of the art. That yet. Yeah, Is that a bit so... in the mirror that the guy you thinking that? Yeah, yeah. So there's there's parts that they're going over uh our main who I'm assuming is our main character. Uh, uh Flynn. Flynn, yeah. Her art and how it puts people off. Um and I was just, you know, this whole thing about dreams and nightmares and I was just getting vibes of the new Candyman, um, mm. you know, which again horror might might as well, right? Um, but yeah, man, Tynan just between this and Department of Truth, this dude has a lot to say about the about concepts and abstracts. He's so, uh, also tackling the exact same idea in something he's killing the children. Okay, so like in Department of Truth, it is, it is what is reality, and you know your own beliefs form that reality. And here it's it's nightmares. Like what what makes a nightmare? Because not everybody is fearful of the same stuff, but everyone can relate to a nightmare. Mm-hmm. Um and so so here we get, you know, a character who, you know, apparently is doing artistic renditions of the Corinthian, but doesn't realize who the Corinthian is. She's just like, oh it's it's the smiling man. It's someone she sees right. in her nightmares and yeah, it turns out there's there's a bunch of them that, mm-hmm. that see him, you know because there's a point where he shows up later, 
Yep. Um, obviously with the with the shades on, so right, so you can't see his can't, can't see the eyes. So it, so it looks, his, his 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 mouth eyes. His mouth eyes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so she's like, "Oh, are, are you one of the ones that sees him too?" Mm -hmm. uh, so clearly, there's a, a small little yep. community of them. Mm -hmm. And uh, we get introduced to her at a bar, talking about her dreams and how her dreams or her nightmares then now with distance almost feel just like her processing things. So, you know, one in particular she had in high school was her, uh, her middle school bullies finally accepting her. Yeah. They apologized to her. And it's just like, and, it, it was stupid. Why, why'd I even dream that? Right. And she's like, well, you know, if it wasn't, if that is what makes it, how I read this was, if that makes it unpleasant, is that a nightmare? Or does a nightmare have to be something that's fear? Is, you know, what's yeah. what's the Corinthians game here? Um, and the Corinthian himself, because we, we don't spend a ton of time following him. He has a, yeah. a short sequence. Mm -hmm. Manages to be creepy as shit. He yep. stalks his victims and uses their dreams to, or their nightmares to fuel his passions where like mm -hmm. he he has one of them using the the uh the skin of her bookbinder's father uh -huh. turned into a a notebook yeah so he keeps all of his stuff in this notebook yeah it came from a bookbinder's nightmare but the book was made from her father's skin and he goes well not not actually her father but her father in the dream so it's very the dream very, version yeah right and and um, it talks about you know oh, there's a there's a guy who lives in the forest. He's like eight, in his eighties. He's mm -hmm. terrified of mirrors, and he won't let them in his house because when he was like, I don't know, 14. fourteen or whatever it was, yeah, he had a, a nightmare where he woke up. You know, in in the in the nightmare, he looked in the mirror, and he was essentially the Corinthian. He had the, mm -hmm. you know, the the mouth eyes, and in curiosity, tried to touch them, and his eyes just started eating his fingers, and he couldn't yeah. stop. And that fear just stayed. So, so every, for, every time he sees a mirror now, he's, he's scared of what he'll see. And now he's living with his daughter and her husband who won't indulge his superstitions. And so he just looks terrified. Yeah. Um, so and again, you just I, see the Corinthian outside just yeah. looking in the window. You just see the silhouette and like the eyes or like, like, yeah. like the, the reflection of the glasses, just him jotting down his notebook what's happening. Yeah. And so again, with, with Tynan and his whole idea of fear from fear state, I feel like, again, it's him tackling these abstractions. And I don't feel there's another uh, writer, at least that I'm aware of, i probably way off, that's doing similar stuff outside of Ram V with, with ideas. Right? Uh, I mean, it's in a different way, but Gillen's kind of doing the mm -hmm. same thing in Once and Future. Yeah. He's got well, a more storytelling approach. Yeah, it. With, with folklore and whatnot. Yeah. And how it's as real as we make it. And, and so it's just it's fun to see that thread through all of his stuff. Uh, and I'm glad I, I did read this because it, it is, it's very creepy. Uh, the artist, uh, not Paquette, do you have that up in front of you? Uh, it's Theron, I believe. Yeah. Asandra it, Theron, yeah. It's very dreamlike in the reality. And yet when we get to the dreaming, it's very clean lines from Paquette and yeah. fantastical. So I was reading this at the doctor's office this morning. My wife's all over my shoulder. She goes, oh, is that a storybook castle? <laughs> right and then you flick through a few pages and you yeah. see all the demented drawings of the corinthian yeah and it's like no but that's what it's meant to represent and i i'm explaining the dreaming where it's everything 
you know, it can be anything to anybody, you know, because it is your it's the dreamscape yeah. and whatnot. And so just the way that that's handled. Uh, but we get to the end of the book and we get introduced to Mr. Agony and Mr. Ecstasy. And like, like, I've never seen Hellraiser, but these two characters come off as very Hellraiser to me. They do have that vibe to it. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Mr. Agony is wearing like what looks like a gimp mask half zipped and he's huge, like built like Lurch from Adam's family. Yeah. Uh, and, he's just and, got his nose sticking out. Yeah. And Mr. Ecstasy looks like he has his face being pulled it back. Kind of looks like during when they uh, did the Joker having the stitched on face. Uh-huh. It's a and similar so, look to that. And so his, his face is pulled up, his eyes, his nose, like everything's coming to an angle. Um, it, and, it is literally like it's a it's a skin mask and it's being yeah, hooked pulled at back. the back and then yeah, like hooked at various hooked. points to keep it in place. Hooked is the right way. So they're talking about visiting these people who had had the dare to, to have dreams and and be aspirational because if anything in this life it's gonna beat you down. They have to understand the reality of this and that dreams dreams will kill you. And as they they murder this guy that's trying to get away is he has knives well, stabbed in his crawling legs. Crawling along a pier. Uh, yeah. And it is crawling. Like I say, he's got knives yeah. all in him. He's just uh, blood everywhere. And and Mr. Ecstasy smashes his head and, you know, leaves him there and says, we have to go to, to Brooklyn to visit, you know, Flynn. Yep. Uh, and there's this other character that reminded me of in uh, in the Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark movie, the, 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 the hug lady. She's this big, huge, you know, being that appears to Flynn early in the book, but she's overlooking who I'm it's assuming is a she. Bit, yeah, no, it, it's got feminine features for sure. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a it's kind of clay facey, kind of like that yeah. kind of mud monster. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But with but tongues coming out of the eyes instead of teeth. Right. Similar to the Corinthians. So I'm wondering if this I'm wondering if these people, I don't feel like they work for the Corinthian, right? I feel no, I like I don't think so either. I think they're other agents. Although I mean yeah. if anything, I would say this is more likely to be a agent of the Corinthian or maybe even an abstract form the Corinthian has taken or right. sometimes appears this way. Right. And so, cause just the way that we see the Corinthian when he goes to visit Flynn, he has a almost Constantine level of charisma. Yes. We're like, who is this prick? Why do I kind of like him, but I shouldn't, you know, that's exactly um, what the Corinthians like. Yeah. Right. So, and I feel like that went, and this is the complete opposite. It's, I don't want to see this. My, in fact, my iPad got stuck on that <laughs> final page because the stupid app doesn't want to work on my stupid iPad. Because it's terrible, and yeah. It's, it's going to haunt me. <laughs> it's going to haunt me with the, with the face it's and the tongues. a relatively simple image because it's yeah. not like a super detailed, no. you know, crazy creation. It is kind of like this mud mm -hmm. monster, like I say, right. but it's just got enough features that it looks unsettling and you know yeah. i say the, the the tongues coming out of the eye holes and mm -hmm. and, and it's not like just a, a human tongue it's like a a right. long kind of reptilian looking tongue almost um and that makes me wonder if it is a form of the corinthian it's almost the version that's gotten too because it's so engorged right? uh, yeah it's i wonder so if it's full. like a splintered element of the corinthian right, that is, th this explains in here you know the corinthian was created uh by, by, dream. by dream to be a mirror to humanity and kind of being right. like 
I don't know. This is why you know. This, this is what you're scared of. It's it's designed to be a nightmare right. to, to haunt you because of because it feels real. Well, and that's right, and that's existence. You know, like you gotta have that fear. Mm-hmm. Um, fear is what drives, right? And like, courage isn't the absence of fear. It's able to look fear in the face and still continue to go on. Um, and so that's where it feels like again that charisma of you know it's like why people like watching scary movies, right? You get a charge or riding roller coasters, doing something dangerous. You know, yeah. it's okay to have fear, but it almost feels like this being is just fully feeds on fear. And, yeah. and you know, it's it's a complete corruption of the Corinthians mission. And so that's why I'm wondering if the faces, and because those those images sure had the teeth that Flynn was drawing, but it, it didn't feel like it was the Corinthians work because he was confused, right? Mm. Because he visits the, the, the person that, Flynn hooks up with, right? He visits the Corinthian talks to. Yes. Um, and has almost like a familiarity with, you know, so, so yeah, so he clearly is new to all this too. So that's why I'm wondering if this is, you know, as this is his shadow form, like does the shadow form have a shadow form? You know, is it something that's gotten corrupted in him because of, you know, knowing Tynan because of the ongoings of the modern world? We, we, we should find out when he visits the, uh, the guy, it's, in the dream. It's, it's in a dream, yeah. Right. Uh, Not like when he visits Flynn, which is in the real world. Which is in real life, yeah. Right. Um, and in the dream, this is while he's staying at Flynn's apartment, um, mm-hmm. is, is asleep there in this room with all these creepy paintings. Yeah. And uh, yeah, maybe, maybe it's not the Corinthian. It, it, it feels like it's supposed to represent the Corinthian, but maybe, like I say, it is yeah. this other being, yeah. Yep. So, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So, no, I, I really, I'm glad I read this. I'm glad you told me to make time for it, you know. Maybe yeah. reading this at the doctor's office wasn't the best idea with people, that's, you know. That's also fair. I, but, I don't think it's worth stressing to people that even if yeah. you haven't read Sandman, mm-hmm. definitely if you haven't read the uh, the latest, like, Sandman yeah. universe round of stuff, yeah. this, I mean, admittedly, okay, I can't vouch for the whole series. It could change later, yeah. but right now, this is incredibly accessible. It's, like, this, this could, you know, Barring a few elements, this could just be a completely original IP. Yeah, so now that you said about that, something Scully and the Children, I have that first trade. So now I want to power through Department of Truth, because if this is a similar thread that he's playing with in there, um, and from Department of Children Truth... Because ta- this is probably close to Department of Truth. Something that Killing the Children mm-hmm. takes a more... I don't want to say this. Takes a more buffy approach to it. Mm-hmm. Um, to Which that idea. It's, it's yeah. closer to Once and Future than it is to... Okay. You know, this and Department of Truth. And that's why it definitely has is, is got me engaging because I feel like with this and then even um, Nice House on the Lake, there are these ideas that he's playing with that are clearly consuming him that he's putting out there into the world. Yeah, so... you, you definitely have some writers that are like a try and tackle totally different things on every project. Mm-hmm. Kind of definitely feels like, no, he's got a couple of key themes that, that he's mm-hmm. really fixated on and he's really exploring them from a whole bunch of different angles. Yeah. So far, but, every single one of those angles is damn fast. Yeah, and if and if you're reading them all, you get to put the picture together. And if you're not, mm-hmm. right, like, despite everyone telling me to read Department of Truth, it's taking me this long. But there are seeds of that, I feel, here with yes. the whole, you know. And then it, if you said... It's very clearly part of his, right. you know, his collected works. Yeah, so, yeah, no, definitely. So, um, but, but yeah, you ready to rate this? Yeah, um... No, I love this. This is like a nine. How many of this is an eight point five? All right, eight point five and nine. Uh, 
Alright. Uh, okay. Uh, well, there's one more book. Every month to patreon.com slash TV. You can support myself or Connor to, uh... Well, you can't support us. That's not what I meant to say, though. You can make myself or Connor read a book uh, of your choosing one of the higher tiers. And Connor's going to talk about Noctera issue 7. Yep. Start of the second arc. Uh, Tony Daniels back with, with Snyder, of course. Uh, obviously, we had the Black Top Bill special uh, as the interlude. Um, and yeah, we shift POV. We, we're no longer following uh, Sundog. We're, we are following the, the girl they picked up. Um, Bailey, I think her name was now. Um, and so the first like three or four pages are kind of, here's a recap of the world. Here was, here's what was going on. Here's the, the gang. You know, here's the, the, the few different trucks that we've got in our convoy. Uh, all, all that stuff's fine, but it's and it's solid, like nice little reintroduction back to the world, uh, you know, but not worth really reiterating over because it is three or four intro pages, and then you get to the title page, and the uh, the second arc uh, is called Pedal to the Metal, which already gives you uh, you know an idea of where to go with, and um, so they're they're basically they're trying to find. Um, Eos, which is, you know, the, the city where they were told that is like got sunlight or they're, they're going to be able to cure sunlight. Uh, it's underground and it's where the, the, the girl's grandfather had been or claimed to have been. Uh, it's all the stuff from the first arc. Um, so they're just like, you know, retracing his steps. Uh, they got a outpost 31, which is, which is pretty cool. Um, it's supposed to be like this incredibly secure outpost because it's, it's basically like the home of driving. Um, so in the first arc, there was that outpost that was the the light bulb town. Uh, so it was just like light bulbs everywhere, and that's why that was safe because the light kicked everything away. Uh, and this one, it's just movie screen like screens projecting, you know, playing movies like at like maximum brightness. You know, it's and there's tons of these screens, and and you see like a lot of images and rendition. Like you know, you've got a. Uh, there's, there's the T-Rex in Jurassic Park. There's, you know, there's the man with no name. There's, I think, there's, there's a whole load of just, you know, movie references on this, but I'm not going to go through them all. There's, there's probably like 20 or so of them. I, I can see E.T. there. Uh, but, you know, it, it's a cool little page for Easter eggs, I'm sure. Tony Daniel had a lot of fun picking which which movies he wanted to represent there. Um, the backstory just kind of being, oh, hey, you know, this, this was a place that was famous for it. People brought all their films here, and it, it kind of just became their thing. And um, that's how they kept everything away. But they get inside, and not all is as it seems. You know, th things are weird. There's no one around, but there's still livestock. And they're like, well, this is strange, because uh, if if people were... You know, if, if people, if if the basic shades of guy in, they'd have eaten all the livestock. But so you know, and they don't take hostages. So what's going on? Um, and then the opposite. So they're moving around. You know, there's a little sequence of them moving, you know, through a few different places, trying to you know retrace these steps, and then I find them. Uh, we have an interlude, kind of with Blackstop Bill again, probably just in case you didn't read the the one shot. I think this is more there for, where it's just. A little bit of a reminder that he exists, kind of that, oh no, he's evil as shit, this is kind of what we're doing. Uh, and then, back to our crew, you know, they're having a bit of an incident with some of the the, the new, stronger shades. Um, and 
they lose one of their trucks and a couple of people they go into the water uh it goes off, off a bridge into the water and they're like okay it's fine you guys swim out we'll we'll winch the truck we'll do what we can and then a giant corrupted whale just eats them and uh yeah and they're like all right i guess we're gonna go hole up for the night and uh we'll see what we can do tomorrow uh, and uh they're like well we don't really know where else to go we uh we kind of followed the path. We're out of everything, and it'd be the kind of final page teases. Well, there's a there's one place we know that we could try. Um, don't really want to, but we know he dealt with black uh, with Blacktop Bill, so that's that's where they're going. They're going to go and hunt down Blacktop Bill, even though he was the one hunting them last arc. So it's this little nice little reversal. And that's what it's going to be. Uh, honestly, a very fast read of an issue. Um, Especially if you happen to remember like what was going on before, because like I said, that first like three, four, five pages are kind of just recap, reintroduction, kind of just getting you back into the groove of the world. Uh, especially if you didn't read that one shot. Um, but no, it's 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 good to be back. Tony Daniels, you know, art looks great. Uh, I like the setup. What this arc's going to be. I like that we've shifted to a different character. I, I enjoyed Val. But I think it's more interesting this way. If we're jumping around a gig, it's giving it more of an ensemble feel rather than it just being her book. Uh, and this kind of the reversal that we're going to be doing where we're going to be hunting down Bill as opposed to you know him hunting our characters uh, should be fun. And I'm intrigued to see kind of what the mystery builds up as, as the art goes on because that tends to be how Snyder writes. Uh, yeah, no, this is a really solid... Probably a uh, 7.5 out of 10. Alright. Well, there you go. That'll take us out of the part of the show where we pick our favourite stuff of the week. Favourite panel slash moment. Favourite cover. Favourite art. Favourite art. Favourite lover. Uh, what I missed. And uh, rank the books of the week. I'm hungry, okay? It's been a long show. Yeah, we're, we're getting <laughs> done. Uh, so, yeah, uh, we'll start with the panel slash moment, Matt. What do you have? <laughs> uh, it's Lois bringing out the Golden Lasso. I love that so much. Sure. Uh, Connor? Uh, I'm going to go with the Corinthian kind of standing outside the cabin, watching the old man writing in his notebook. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to go with the accidental murder of Barry Allen. I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, of course. <laughs> That's hilarious. You kidding me? Gold. Absolute gold. Much like the lasso, me and Matt have got common and common ground. Yeah, there. right. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, cover of the week. There wasn't actually. I didn't feel like there was that many choices this week. Uh, I think I'm going to go with the Michael Cho variant for Batgirls. Uh, did, did you look at the covers for uh, Nightmare Country? Uh, I didn't. There's, I, there's I, I, like I, fourteen of them. I tend not to look at the the books that I have. <laughs> I didn't read myself. Ah, you're missing out on some good covers I, for that book. I'm sure, I'm sure they're great, but I just I like to pick up one from the book I read. So I'm going with the troll variant on Batgirls. All right, uh, Car. Yeah, I'm going to go with the prison variant uh, well, from Nightmare Country, which is I, death holding up kind of the, it's what is essentially the Corinthian skull. So, right. so is is death the girl next door type? Because <laughs> I get that vibe from her. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Well, who, who's who's the boy next door to the girl next door? Thanos. So let me put it this way: there was um in the Audible Sandman adaptation, yeah. uh, Cat Dennings was cast. There, as you, Death. there you go. That's... And I, I like basically, he slight obviously as I know a slightly younger Cat Dennings as a goth, and mm-hmm. yeah, you got pretty much a perfect casting of Death. Yeah. So there you yeah, 
there's uh death have uh, a big uh, sizable uh chesticles in the in the book i thought you were really gonna go with with talent <laughs> but uh you, you went with the other one huh <laughs> i mean they're not abnormally large I, i'm just saying this is one of the first things that comes to me with cat daddings uh, i mean and her comedic timing and sweetness i would say but yeah, I saw an episode of Two Broke Girls. I don't know if I agree with that. Uh, I mean, I saw it too, but I didn't pay attention. So I don't, I don't know. Are you too busy paying attention to something else, man? <laughs> yeah. Maybe. The previously Maybe. mentioned the assets that were discussed? Maybe. Uh, okay. Uh, caught out in his own hypocrisy. Yep. Yes, I did. That's why I said it. Uh, all right, Matt, what's your cover of the week? So I, I'm going to go with the, the Clayman, uh, Batman Catwoman cover. That makes yeah. makes it a ring. That's a really I like the composition there, uh, and it's the the black and the orange, the moon with the light over it. Yeah, it's a really cool cover. Okay, uh, all right. Uh, then art of the week, Connor. Uh, Nightmare Country. I mean, both artists are just doing a great job, and the contrast and the 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 use of the guest segments of being like so different really really works in context of the book. Yeah, uh, I think I will go with probably Jamal Campbell on Naomi uh, out the bunch, but uh, not not to sell Rizzo on Flashpoint Beyond mm-hmm. uh, or Tony on Superman or even Corona on Batgirls. They're all solid, uh, and obviously Man's pretty great on Batman Catwoman. But I think I have to go with Campbell on Naomi. So I, I had a lot of decent to good choices, but I think Campbell's the one that sticks out the most. Uh, Matt, what's yours? Hey, those are all the ones I was going to mention too, but I'm going with Naomi. Yeah. It's Campbell, really, really there. Well, I mean, the good news is there's I basically mentioned every book here. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah no. so that's good. As far as art, art's concerned, it's good yeah. for the week. Uh, all right, Matt, what's your top five books? All right. So, uh, number one's going to be Nightmare Country, two is Superman, Son of Kal El, three is Naomi, four is Urban Legends, and five is Batman Catwoman. Okay. Connor? Can I say Nightmare Country five times? Uh, I mean, that's all you read this week, so yes. I mean, you could say it five times if you want, but it's not counting, and also, you make him out of the mirror and kill you with his hook. That's, that's, that's true. I'll, I'll slot Superman Son of Kal-El in there at number three, just to break it up. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so Flashpoint Zero is number three, then, is what you're saying. <laughs> if, 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 if we're being extremely generous to it. I mean, no, it is. The logic dictates but that it's number three. There is a gaping three. chasm of things I will scratch on the back of my hand the, for it before that is number three. The, the chasm, like, like, it's number three or you have to go get a shot. <laughs> Via a syringe! A syringe! <laughs> A syringe, not more... You did not specify. It was not an excuse to embrace your alcoholism, okay? <laughs> you said get a shot. I win. <laughs> Loopholes. Uh, one day, I'm going to get you strapped to a chair, and I'm going to get a medical professional to just shoot you up with harmless things, but you're going to have to sit there and watch it. You're going to have your eyelids peeled back, oh, clockwork orange, so you can't like even shut your eyes. Yeah, you can't shut his eyes, though. It's going to be clockwork orange still. His eyes have to be open. He has to watch it go into his skin. This, this is how Connor becomes the real-life Corinthian, Pete. I don't know if you want that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
that, right, that let's is, get, you know, let's get you whole, going. Uh, you know, one bad day. That, that's mine. <laughs> All right. Uh, my number one is Naomi, uh, season two. Uh, number two will be Superman, Son of Kal El. Number three, uh, probably Batgirls, then Batman, Catwoman, and then Flashpoint Beyond in last place. So. But kind of a mediocre week for me, uh, and maybe it would have been better if I'd read the Sandman book. But uh, it would have. I just, I just wasn't, I wasn't in the mood. Okay, I wasn't in the mood for another book. Uh, but hey, uh, there you go. I, I love all the shit you give Matt and me for not reading issue ones. I haven't read a single Sandman universe book. Either I, 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 I made a point of explicitly Matt, telling you. Don't, you give don't him need a, to have read any of the others. Don't get, don't, don't give him. <laughs> I'm, just think, I'm just thinking you would, you would like it. That's all. I maybe mean, I would. Because it is more horror. Maybe I would. So. Pe- you know what? See when issue two is coming out, pester me to read it. Pester me to catch up and read it. Hey Pete, go read it. When issue hey. two is coming out, when it's relevant. Hey, hey, what's up next week? Um, I'll tell you what's coming out next week. Is it Nightmare Country issue two? It's not. No. It's a Nightwing issue 91. We have the Flash 781. We have the Nice House in the Lake issue 8. We got Batman Superman World's Finest issue 2. We have Batman the Night issue 4. Catwoman 42. Robins issue 6. Catwoman Lonely City issue 3. So that's finally uh, made its conclusion. So that's a biggie. I think that's four issues, isn't it? Or is it four issues? Oh, no, never mind. It's a penultimate issue in that case. Uh, most of them have been three, though. So uh, I, I could be wrong, but I have a... Uh, Suspicion that it's full. Uh, Blue and Gold issue 8, which I think is the last issue of that. Uh, Trial of the Amazons, Wonder Girl issue 2, part of the crossover. Refrigerator Full of Heads issue 6. Wonder Woman Evolution issue 6. Earth Prime issue 2, Superman and Lois. Scooby-Doo, where are you? 115 to round it up. So, nice healthy handful of books out next week with the, mm-hmm. the Catwoman book being kind of the, the main event. Well, Nightwing's the main event, but in terms of like something a bit more rare, Catwoman's... Uh, World's Finest is my main event. That's that's totally fair. I I really like this year one and let's not forget nice house on the lake. Oh, yeah, that's good too. It's it's a good week, is what we're saying. It's, it's and a... and the night, I, I really it's, like. It's the a night. really strong looking week. Yeah. Uh, oh shoot, refrigerator full of heads. Yeah, and uh, flash just for the record, Matt is back to. It's not it's not the crossover anymore. Yeah, I was going to tell you that it's it's back. Yeah. Uh, it's almost as if the last issue didn't happen because it says the Eclipse of War is over, and you're like, yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> we're back on it. Exactly. So I will take this time to thank our Patreon producers for the month. So thank you to Tyler Hessen, the Palacios, David Sharp, Bordnow, Christopher Moy, David Brown, Al Treisman, and Alison M. Fordyce. Uh, thank you to you all. That is the, one of the higher tiers, of course, but you can support us for as little as a dollar per month over at patreon.com slash TV and get some bonuses for your trouble. At the $5 tier, you get early access to the show. You'll get it when it's ready on the Saturday night, however late that may be. Uh... If that's interesting to you, you want to support the show, uh, go, and, go and have a look. Uh, and also go check out other content made by uh, by myself and others on MailFuzz. Uh, over on MailFuzz Movies, the YouTube channel, you can get the sci-fi podcast, the Atomic Cinema Experiment, or the Horror Movie Podcast, Screams After Midnight. Uh, there's also audio feeds for those two shows as well. Uh, and then MailFuzz TV has uh, TV news every week and a bunch of TV show reviews. So go and have a look and see if you're interested. Better Call Saul this week. Yeah, Better Saul's back. We'll be talking about that. Uh, super exciting. One of the best shows of the last, you know, half decade. So go, go have a look, see. Uh, but uh, otherwise, uh, I think that's pretty much everything. Yeah, go, go raise five stars on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast from. That's the other thing I usually say. 
Uh, but there you go, we're in the new era, we're in the post-300 era. The, the march to 400 begins. <laughs> <sighs> Thank you very much. We're going to surpass Action Comics one of these days, just show it. Thank you once again for watching and listening. <laughs> we always appreciate it. <laughs> Keep reading DC Comics. And remember to never get lost in the Speed Force. <laughs>